I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And we're a gay. And his NB. Episode 59. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of A Gay and His NB. We are so excited to be bringing you more of our thoughts on everything that we have been watching this week. And we got a jam-packed episode ahead for you. Uh, before we get into all of that, though, we have a few housekeeping notes to get out of the way first, as we always do. Um, wherever you're listening to us, whether it be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, please, please leave a rating and a review um, whenever you listen to us us because it's so so helpful it helps us get into the algorithm helps us get seen by more and more people it helps us get feedback on what you want to see on the show and sort of things that you like or things that you don't like but we really really encourage if you can leave that rating and a review um so take the time right now pause leave that rating and review come back hey you're back Welcome back. Uh, you can also follow us across our social media platforms, all at a gay and it's NB, and that's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Threads. Um, we're posting new clips from the podcast. We are posting our initial thoughts on things, memes, everything in between. Uh, so if you want to keep up with everything that we have to say just outside of this podcast, you can follow us across there over at a gay and his NB. Uh, you can also get merchandise from us over at a gay and his NB threadless.com. We have multiple designs over there that you can get on a variety of different items, including t-shirts and mugs and stickers and just about everything in between. Um, we would really love it if you can rep us in any way that you can. And you can do that. Like I mentioned by going to a gay and his NB threadless.com. You know, the holidays are right around the corner. It's a nice thing to pick up, you know, little little gift uh, with, a, you know, with gay and his, a gay and his envy on your mind. So, you know, definitely go gay and his com, And then you can also submit questions to us if you have anything that you would like us to answer on a future episode of the podcast. Uh, you can submit that across our social media platforms or at a gay and at gmail.com. Um, that's questions about things that we're watching. That's questions about just life in general. Uh, anything in between, send them over there and we may answer it on a future episode of the podcast. So, babe, what do we have in store this episode? Well, we have kind of a little uh, little mix of things because the you know the way that things laid out this week. Um, so we're going to be talking about uh, the premiere of season ten of Married to Medicine. So excited, uh, y'all! If y'all aren't watching Married to Medicine, what are you doing? Number one, number two, go watch it. Uh, from season one because it's pretty much the same cast all the way throughout. There's a couple changes. But it's mostly the same cast. I, I will say, I've mentioned before offline, like, this is, Married to Medicine is one of the most consistently good shows. Oh, yeah. I don't think there's ever been a bad season. It's no. So it's fabulous. It's so good. Um, yes. It, it's everything you love from Housewives plus medicine. <laughs> like, who doesn't love that? Um, so we've got that. We're going to be talking about that. Um, and, and we get madam phaedra parks back on our screens i'm so excited anyway um we are also going to be talking this past week of big brother uk lots of things going over there across the pond um with you know buttons and and hunger games and blocks of ice and all sorts of weird shit and a lot of a lot of um drama that we will be diving into and we are very opinionated on uh, sure. very opinionated uh but before we get to any of that We got to talk House of Villains. New episode of House of Villains for this week. Um, I've been loving, like I said, you know, this this series. It's been a lot of campy fun and and mess. And, you know, even though I will say this, the result, not to spoil it before we get there, the result at the end was very sad. However, um, (laughs) devastating. (laughs) 
the visual was fantastic, though. <laughs> oh, it was great. Uh, yeah, we'll definitely get to that. But, like, even this was a great episode, if, uh, you know, the result aside. Um, we come back from when they're still in the stronghold and Bananas has made his nominations of Tiffany uh, and Fisa and Bobby and Bobby getting swerved. I love Bobby's, like, just pissed off. Like, are we done? And the producer goes, like, no. And he just walks out. <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany goes, work it, Bobby. <laughs> And then he goes back and makes a lasagna. Yeah, I love that he, like, anger cooks. Like, it was just, like, <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen, like, passive-aggressive, like, cooking. But it's not even, like, it's not like you could just whoop up a lasagna. A lasagna is <laughs> kind of a time, you know, it takes some effort. Like, yeah, yeah, you can't yeah. just throw together a lasagna. It's, like... <laughs> It was a lot. Um, they go back into the to the lair. Uh, Tiffany tells Amphisa, like, I don't think you deserve that way that, you know, with Bananas, like, flirting with you like that. And, she, and Amphisa going, you know, it's because I rejected him. It's like, you didn't even have any, like, interaction. I mean, like, like you had the, you were trying, you started the process of flirting. And then, like, Amphisa's a mess. I kind of, like, she got entertaining-ish. Yeah. In this episode, only because of the way, like, she maneuvered throughout the house this episode. Yeah. More than anything, but, like, uh, at least she's not completely dull, as we've seen in the last few episodes. Yeah. Um, Bananas is comforting Corinne, saying, like, you know, it was never going to be you, don't worry. And then we find out that, oh, it wasn't Corinne that wrote those notes, and it wasn't even Bobby either. It was fucking Bananas. <laughs> Uh, that was a gag and it wasn't even just that note apparently he has an entire stack of notes he plans on using throughout the season what i mean honestly even i will say that good on bobby for like even though that wasn't his plan like committing to like well i'm gonna lean into this and like sort of like you know throw corinne under the bus in that regard stunning but yeah, banana, we're seeing bananas' gameplay. I would say sort of in the forefront now, and and seeing more of you know, what made him the, the star he was on the challenge and stuff like that. He's bonkers. That's what makes him a star. <laughs> He's absolutely bananas. Well, that's fitting. Um, and then Corinne saying in her confessional that she's like, you know, I'm playing up the ditziness, but, you know, I'm really sharp as attack. And so, you know, all, all this whole, like, banana stuff is, like, part of my plan. I don't get that sense, really, at all. Girl. I mean, half of it is convincing yourself, maybe, but... Uh, okay. I'll go with that because <laughs> she's not convincing me yet. Yeah. Um, in the house, Fair plays like hugging Amorosa, being like, well, the fact that we weren't even like fucking looked at in this is like crazy. And Amorosa is like, yeah, like I would usually like be on the block by now. It is kind of weird that like they have been like sort of under the radar. And the idea that Bananas wouldn't at the very least put up. Like, like to me, they have the most experience in these types of shows, right? Like these like, you know, environment like Tiffany's a great villain. She's iconic in that regard, but she like, we'll get to it later. She wasn't going to win. <laughs> like, no. Well, here's the thing. I can understand why you'd be afraid to take a shot at Omarosa. So early. Especially. So early. But you got to take her out at some point because if you leave her up there to the end, she's going to win. Well, and she under and even she understands this because then she tells Fairplay like, we got to get bananas out next. Like that yeah. has to like, we can't wait basically. 
Um, Bobby is like ranting in the kitchen, you know, after he's made his lasagna and I was like, bananas is fake as fuck for not pulling me aside. And then he looks out the window and like Tanisha's talking with uh, him and he's like, and Tanisha being fake as fuck too. Tanisha out there being a fake ass bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like Tanisha's like the most real person on this cast. Tanisha. Yes. Tanisha kept defaulting to the fact that like, oh, well that's my roomie. Like he watches my closet. So like, I gotta like have his back. It's like, um, (laughs) <laughs> and I love Tanisha coming in going, Bobby, am I allowed to eat? And Bobby goes, you tell me you're talking to them. <laughs> Tanisha's like, I got to talk to my roomie. And Bobby goes, oh, I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> Bananas and asks if you can have some lasagna. And he goes, which one did you take a dump in? And Bobby goes, dump rat poison. <laughs> <laughs> but I love Bobby's like, like the free. Oh no. Yeah. You can eat. Yeah. You're fine. Like, <laughs> just like, like Bobby was making me laugh a lot. This episode. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Tiffany is talking to Corinne in their room and she's like, is banana still downstairs? I wonder if I should take him over the coal, break him over the coals one good time before I go to bed. <laughs> Cor- this is also where Corinne is starting to get like, Oh God, Tiffany. Like if, yeah. you're, if you're my closest ally, you got to stop like, just like ha- having these random fights, but like, don't stop because like, yeah, please never stop having random fights. And then what was it? Like, they're having this conversation. This was never explained, I don't think, on the episode. They're having this conversation, and then they just cut to these shots of, like, this gingerbread man, like, statue popping in the frame and then popping out. And it doesn't get explained at all. At all. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> it, I I was very confused. It didn't even have anything to do with the challenge later. Nope. <laughs> Nothing I, at all. Producers, I would love questions about that because or answers about that because like uh, uh, so Tiffany comes downstairs as they're all sitting around the table eating. Omarosa goes, "Oh, New York, did you get something to eat?" Tiffany's not even paying attention to her. She's just walking, eyes darted straight at Johnny. <laughs> like not, she can't hear anything in a peripheral. She goes, "Let me tell you something, Johnny Bananas." You leave in this house before I do, even if I'm on the hit list. Okay, you amphibian reptile motherfucker. <laughs> it's perfect. Uh, the uh. way the, I feel like Tiffany, like Tiffany can be studied by like actors in terms of, well, I, I would say like, she's a really an improv comedian. Like, yeah. like she has the, the way she can just come up with shit out of nowhere and just like, and not and not recycle anything really, like you know, it, it, it's really impressive. And she really doesn't care if it makes sense. It doesn't need to make sense. But doesn't it make sense? Like I was like, yeah, he is kind of an amphibian reptile, motherfucker. <laughs> but he, the thing is, is that New York convinces you that she makes sense, even though she doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I believe it. I'm buying all of it. <laughs> oh, every last bit of it. And the t-shirt. <laughs> Banana's like, I don't know. And Timothy goes, "Don't raise your penis at me." <laughs> what? Shut up. I'm speaking. Don't speak. <laughs> She's like, "You're going home before I do." And then she goes, "You got something to say? Say it." Say it. And then he starts to talk and she goes, thank you. And walks off. <laughs> I, I aspire to be New York. <laughs> I still can't get over. Don't raise your penis at me. That needs to be a thing. <laughs> um, and the next morning, Amphisa. Oh, my God. So Amphisa's flirting with Shake in the kitchen. She was. She was. So am I. I didn't watch 90 Day Fiance. But like. So is she supposed to be like this like big like temptress essentially because she's really bad at flirting yeah she is really the thing is is that she is good at 
at okay so she's good at doing the flirting things the problem is is you see the switch she has the like her motions are right like she has like she's very like the body language is exactly right. The issue is, is that you can see her flip the switch. Well, and also, I the way I wrote in my notes that like she talks like an NPC in like a in like a video game. Yes. How's your family doing back home? And then she at one point she just goes, "I hope this is going to be a beautiful day." It's like, is she like? I don't get like there's. I get that she's she looks beautiful, but it's like there's got to be a certain like, you know. Yeah. A tr- like convincing to uh, you know i feel like her and whitney rose went to the same school of speech yeah like they speak with the same syntax <laughs> it's so bad um i'm waiting for her to say something about being on a healing journey yeah so we then get their redemption challenge of the three people that are on the hit list they are all go into their confessionals as if they're gonna mm-hmm. be filming and then they each have an ipad that's on their their thing so it's joel broadcasting in there was clearly post editing. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have the technology for that. Um and it's <laughs> it's a FaceTime call. What do you mean they well, don't but it looked like really professional and like Oh yeah, I mean I guess. Uh the the ch- uh, challenge is called Hidden Agenda and it's basically like they have they have a list of like secret tasks that they have to do and if they can do them throughout the house and 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 uh they have up until uh, a special guest arrive. Like they have like 4 hours or whatever mm-hmm. until this special guest arrives. And whoever has done the most of these tasks then wins and is off of uh, and is immune from being eliminated. Um, the fact, also, when Tiffany's reading the rules of this and like the fact that she can't pronounce stealthy, she just keeps going, stealthy? Steal? Steve? Steph? It was so bad. Yeah. So they're going through all these different like tasks and stuff like that. Um, Tiffany like makes Johnny Fair play like pat pat his head and rub her be- his belly and stuff like that. Um, Amphisa has Shake make her a smoothie <laughs> and like he puts all the stuff in the in the because she was like you want to make a smoothie with me and like he puts all the stuff in the blender and she's like okay hit it and she and he's like oh I'm making you a smoothie okay great. <laughs> <laughs> Tiff- <laughs> Tiffany gets one where you have to tell someone their outfit is terrible, and so of course she goes to bananas. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And then Bobby, the, the, Bobby has like the same one where he has to like say that his breath smells or whatever, and he's just like, "Perfect, we just had these blowups. Like, I can, <laughs> I can just do it one after the other." Oh, um, Corinne. <laughs> Tiffany getting Corinne to make her scrambled egg whites. <laughs> but then sending it back because it wasn't in a bowl. Like well, the, the... She, she does it, sends her off, and then reads it. Like, oh, it needs to be in a bowl. And so they, she brings it in like a normal like sauce like you would, would with eggs. Tiffany just – Tiffany does this so well. She was like, God, my, my OCD is kicking in. Like because I ate out of a saucer last night, I need those eggs to be in a bowl. I need them in a bowl. <laughs> it's like <laughs> – uh, Perfect. I just, I can't. Um, Bobby uh, spills a margarita on Shake. Tiffany spills beer on Johnny Fairplay. But Fairplay then starts to basically figure out what's happening. He's like, I've been on Survivor. Like, I'm experienced yeah. enough in that. And here's the thing. It was also, I it was very easy to figure out when you think about it. Because, oh, all this weird stuff is happening. And it's the three people who are up for elimination that are doing it. Like, yeah. it wasn't that hard to, like, decipher. Yeah. Um, but he tells bananas of this. And so, and Fairpay basically thinks, like, you know, I was able to sabotage Jax with the golf cart challenge. Now I can sabotage Tiffany. Which Rude. I, I know. Well, I was like, God damn it. Like, pick somebody else, Johnny. But, like, I mean, 
Yeah. I mean, I guess he could have gone for Bobby, but like, you know, and I think there's a value here. I I was surprised like when we got to like the um, strategy sessions, like later, like I, I wish Tiffany would have also pitched later of like, I'm a chaos agent. Like I literally will get, I've made it proof that I will get in fights with literally fucking anyone. You want me in this house because I'm a, I, I mean, you have to explain to them the concept of like having a shield. Where it's like yeah. the attention is not on me; it's on this, you know, person that like clearly is, you know, everyone wants out because she keeps starting shit. Yeah. Well, but the the problem is, is that you then go see everyone's going to want me out, but that's why none of you want me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. I mean, I don't know how you again. I don't know how you win the game that yeah. way. There's the, there's no way in which Tiffany could won uh, no. could have won this game. Um, and, and because like I said, fair play already knows Tiffany's trying to get him to like jump in the pool and, but fair play is like warning bananas to not jump in. And like Bobby like notices it and calls him out and like Tiffany then like storms off and like is pissed about it. Um, Amphisa squirts ketchup on bananas at one point. Like straight on his dick. Like, <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? This apparently like really upsets Shake. For, I didn't understand this. Like Shake was also like, well, she clearly just like turns the flirting on and off. It's like, that was a lot. It's like. It really rubbed me the wrong way. And I, I don't know if it felt like he was going, well, clearly her, she's like intending to flirt with people. So that makes her now unattractive. It's like, why does her intention of flirting make her unattractive? Oh, because you like to be the one pursuing. Right. Oh, because you don't necessarily want it to be a fully... Like, it feels like, are you trying to only coerce people he doesn't want with you he doesn't want someone smarter than him not to say anfisa is by the way but like at least the presentation of that right well it could be very much that she is because shake seems dumb as hell sure that's fair um the the countdown though and the the guests then finally arrives and we see the motorized wheelchair pull up and it's abby lee miller from dance moms which Again, like kind she's of, the jigsaw of reality television. She was like, I, I've seen some clips of like Dance Moms, and like some of the fights are really fucking oh, funny yeah. on Dance Moms because it's just like there's something about like middle aged women from and also from Pittsburgh, by the way, because it's yeah. based in Pittsburgh. Like, like just like being terrible to each other, like it's amazing. Um, but like she was like really like I I I, I agree with Tanisha. Like jail like hardened her. Yeah, <laughs> and like I. I actually was thinking much like with Daniel Staub. I was like, I want to see Abby Lee Miller actually play this game and like yeah. be in this environment. That could be fun. I I also feel like this is the right environment to do a a non drag race drag queen show. Explain. In that all the contestants would be drag queens, but it has absolutely nothing to do with oh, drag. Oh right, 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 right. Like, like a house of drag villains. Right, exactly. Or like House H A U S. It's been like how many fucking years of drag? Like, I feel like we talked about this on with like drag race discussions before, but it's like how many years of drag race now? And it's like nobody's thought of that idea. Yeah, it's like they only are... barely tried to do like a housewife style show with that Vegas review thing. And it's like, yeah, like I feel like this sort of environment would be great. You know, like you have people, you know, doing 
all this random shit, sometimes they have to do stuff in like drag or whatever, but it has nothing to do with their drag ability. It's just about the fact that drag queens are fucking bitches. And And, that's the draw. And they know how to like, like if you get cast it correctly, they know how to, I, I was scrolling like TikTok and seeing clips of that. I forgot about that show scared famous. That was on like a couple of years ago that Alaska was on with Tiffany and other people like that. Like that was actually really good. If it wasn't so like, if the concept wasn't so like, yeah, it was very hokily horror based. Yeah. It was like, come on, guys. But, like, also they had to be, like, fake possessed and stuff like that in certain yeah. ways and treat it like it was real. And it was like... Yeah, that was... Yeah. That's go, what I mean by hokey. Yeah. Go back and watch that because it's, it's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> um, Abby basically tells them that, the, you know, she Joel has sent me to run this redemption challenge and each of the villains on the hit list will learn a choreographed routine, like, faking out what the challenge is. <laughs> and the way she's snapping at them, she says at one point, don't go clapping your hands, Band-Aid, or whatever the hell that hat says. <laughs> 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 and then when bananas goes up to get the two, cause she has like a thing of like colorful tutus. So she goes, no, you're not going to be a little brat and pick your color. Take it and say, thank you. <laughs> she was like, again, it's like, she like, it's like that, like really tough dance teacher who yells at children. Normally put her in this environment with Tiffany, have her yell at Tiffany and see what fucking happens. That would be fun as fuck. I would pay money for that. <laughs> Um, I'm just waiting for Tiffany to drag her ass out of her wheelchair by her hair. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it would be so good. It would be so fucking good. Um, they, the, they all, do, the safe villains all do like an improv dance or whatever. It was kind of corny and weird. Um, but then Abby's basically like, haha, this isn't the challenge or whatever. And this was the actual challenge, the whole secret missions thing. Uh, and we find out that Bobby wins. Uh, uh, so Bobby's now off the block. Bobby, like, fake crying and going, I just want to say thank you all for being idiots. <laughs> okay, so now we get into sort of, like, the strategy stuff of, like, what's playing out now that it's down to Tiffany and Anfisa. Omarosa tells Tanisha that, like, you know, you know, I'll vote for the house. Like, she keeps saying this, that, like, her strategy is, like, I'm not going to, like, try to sway. Well, she's, she'll try to sway things, but, like, I need the house to all be on my side in terms of the vote. I can't be an outlier. I can't like do whatever because then a target's going to be put on me. My, I have to fade into a background. I feel like her and bananas are like playing the strongest games. But also, why is that a strategy? They don't reveal how many people are voting for each person. They're sure. not. I'm, so that doesn't fucking matter. Just throw a vote. Yeah. And you are still, I mean, she is doing a lot of like, because she's basically like i have to convince other people like she's working on bobby later at one point bobby talks about her being like i'm bobby saying that like oh she's like a politician it's like well can we rewrite this she's not a politician she was a woman who worked with donald trump on a reality show that got hired into the white house right she's not a she's never run for elected office no (laughs) that's not happened Oh my god! Um, uh, Tiffany's trying to convince Shake for his vote, and and he's like, "You all save you, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And then this is where Shake and Fisa then have that conversation where he's like, "Yeah, you went kind of crazy out there with the ketchup." And then it's just like awkward. Like she's not like interacting with him at all. She's just like, "Yeah, you know, it was a challenge." And Shake's just like, "Can't trust her. I'm, I can't think with my dick, Tiffany. You have my vote." It's like, okay, like, <laughs> like. 
I it, it was so I maybe if I watched his show I would understand like why he's like going about it this way but like it doesn't make sense to me. No. No, I think he's just a dick. Yeah. Oh, this <laughs> this moment in the bed. So Amphisa and Omar are in their room and Amphisa tells her that you know it's really hard to like open up and stuff like that. And then Omar is like, "You know what? This is what you're saying right now. This is from the heart." You know, I'm not loud, but when I connect, I connect on an individual level. And then she's like, you got to give the speech of your life, you know, tomorrow. You can change the parts of this, but, like, you need to give this speech. <laughs> we'll see later. Well, she did, she did about as well as, like, Omarosa's old friend Melania. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Bobby, like I said, wants to keep Tiffany, and Omarosa's trying to convince him otherwise. So, like, she's working her way around. Um. Omarosa then also says that she wants to work with Corinne. She's like, no one will expect it. We had that big fucking blow up the first night. Like, we'll put it aside and, you know, mm-hmm. you know, work together. And then Corinne's, like, conflicted. It's like, well, I, you know, I've been, my ally's been Tiffany from, like, the very get-go. But also, like, she's kind of ruining her game and almost ruining my game in a way. So, yeah. Um, they then take all the housemates the next day to go bowling. Like, just, it's kind of just, like have a trip so where you can like interact and fight i guess like sort of yeah it was i i thought it was an interesting like production choice to like you know take take them out of the house and like just put them in a different environment um amorosa then pulls tanisha inside and is telling her like okay so now i switched my mind and i think i want to keep tiffany <laughs> and tanisha's now like pissed and she's like you know i'm not you know i i you know this girl worked in the white house i should expect nothing less from her etc um johnny fairplay is like can okay this can't this couldn't have been real but i also couldn't understand what the strategy was in this he's talking about how he like loves bowling and pinball and like he's it's like one of like the four big things in his life or whatever he has like all he these pinball literally machines started at home. crying he's talking about like, the pinball machine and not just like tearing up like bawling <laughs> like like okay so dead grandma <laughs> yeah it's like, but, well i don't well my grandma's actually dead so like pinball like what like you know you, i feel like you could you don't have any other relatives like <laughs> bananas bananas is confessional going how this guy passed the psycho valve to get into this house is beyond me <laughs> yeah um tanisha tells bobby like look i want omarosa to leave me alone and bobby goes that's fine you want me to tell her <laughs> it's, it's like what <laughs> Bobby's like goes Tanisha says stay out of your business <laughs> and Amorosa goes what because I asked like she's trying to fly under the radar Amorosa says now I'm clear out of your business vote for who you want to vote for and then Tiffany then starts getting mad and I'm like girl Tiffany like play the background <laughs> like you can like you yeah know. you don't need to draw attention to yourself right now Tiffany Tiffany goes I don't know why Tanisha wants to keep this a secret if you're not in my corner then you're my enemy <laughs> And now Tanisha and Tiffany are then going to go off. Tiffany goes, Tanisha, if you want to send me home, just say so. And and Tiffany goes, hide the pots and pans. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, this look on Tiffany, this like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like duster, like sweater thing with the matching knit hat and the matching like knit bando no not bando top it's like a bralette yeah yeah, it was a serve it was a serve (laughs) it was so cute oh but we'll talk later about tiffany's biggest serve oh oh my god because yeah we that red thing the mm -hmm. jumpsuit with the wings it's Uh, so good and the way she like we'll get like we'll get we'll jump ahead but like the way that she like 
got up to the top for like the elimination and then just posed with it and like sort of like it was perfect. Like she worked that fucking. Like, oh yeah. Um. Uh. Tanisha just keeps going. You're a weirdo. You're a weirdo. And Tiffany going that I am. That I am. That I, and she does like this weird dance. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's ridiculous. They then go back to the lair and get ready for elimination. Tiffany says in her confessional, villain rule number 16, never let them see you sweat and never go for the pity sympathy vote. Be the original HBIC and always stand up for yourself, even if it means you have to hit the door. And I was, I was like, oh, damn it. Like, I could see how this was going. I think I have a feeling she filmed that confessional afterwards. Yeah. Because it was like, like. It's like, no, but like you, and it's to to jump a little ahead. It's like, she could have gotten the votes is the the frustrating thing. Like she was only off by like two votes. Yeah. Like it had to, it had, it couldn't have been a tie because if it was a tie, bananas would have sent her home. I feel. Yeah, probably. But like it, yeah, she could have worked it a little bit harder and not, and particularly not have that fight in the bowling alley and what we're about to talk about. Um, and she probably could have stayed, which is frustrating. Um, Tanisha telling Amphisa before they go in, like, whatever happens tonight, you're in a house with legends. And then, and then Amphisa starts crying as if like this, like, I'm like, this is like a tiny show on E. This isn't like you're on fucking like, you know. Yeah. Like what, what are we doing? (laughs) It's like, like, it's not that big. Um, they enter the stronghold. Um, and Joel basically lets Enfisa and, and Tiffany say their their words um, before the votes happen. And Fisa basically just recites what Omarosa told her in the beds verbatim. <laughs> and then she added her own thing to the end of it. But like, yeah, it's the first a, half was just quoting Omarosa. And it wasn't bad, but it was just so like, really? Tiffany, or sorry, Joel then goes, New York. And then Tiffany puts her finger up like towards him like... It's my turn. Like, stop talking. She goes, I'm the original HBI motherfucking C. And I deserve my spot here in the house of villains. So I need y'all to keep me here. I don't want a sympathy vote. I don't need a sympathy vote. But I need you to understand the pecking order. (laughs) (laughs) Then Alma Rosa then turns on her and goes, so wait, so you don't want my sympathy vote? Is that what you're saying? You just said in front of all of those people that you don't want my vote. And then without skipping a beat, Tiffany fires back. And we saw this in the trailer for the season, which which when we saw this was like, this is... Tiffany has arrived. Yeah. She goes, since I already said that, Omarosa, may I also say that I find you... Sorry, mom. I find you to be a cocksucking, cum guzzling Republican cunt. <laughs> the way everyone just fell out when she said that. And then she goes, and I sleep better at night knowing that you're not in the White House. I mean, same, but also like, oh my God. Have you seen the tweets that are, um, it's, her in the Big Brother UK, Gemma Collins uh, rant, the thing, uh-huh. and then this one, and it's Old Testament, New Testament. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's so fucking good. Every, uh, she's amazing television. 
Almarosa go, then goes, this I received from a legend, but you will be saying those things from your house tonight. And then Joel goes, it's time to vote. And then Almarosa goes, I need to go first. <laughs> like, we're not, like, fuck your order. Like, fuck the, what's on the run sheet. I'm voting first. <laughs> like, well. <laughs> um, Tiffany uh, gets eliminated, though, four to two. She had uh, Almarosa, Johnny Fairplay, Tanisha, and Corinne all voted against her. And Corinne voting against her was like also like the big gag and Corinne's basically like, you know, she did it to herself with all the outbursts. Like, I don't feel bad at the end of the day. Uh, yeah. Like, well, and it's frustrating how people are voting that way. Cause it's like, this is the house of villains. You're angry. Cause people are being villainous. Right. Yeah. 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 And it's like, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Joel asked New York, any last words? And she's strapped into the chair and she goes, fuck all you sons of bitches. <laughs> Uh, and then they launch her back. And it genuinely was funny watching her just be like, ah! <laughs> well, and then everybody leaves and Joel. Bobby, is- well, Bobby's pissed. Bobby's pissed and goes, all y'all are fake as fuck. And then like storms out upset. Um, but like you said, then Joel. Joel is the only one left in the stronghold. And he just turns and looks at the wall and goes, New York. <laughs> and she just she, screams. She, he goes, Are you back there? And Tiffany, you just hear faintly goes, Fuck you. <laughs> oh, it's so good. <laughs> the, and and she gets her little confessional being like, you know, she she gets a confessional at the end, like where she kind of I, I forgot exactly what she said, but she implies as if she's basically like gonna like haunt them from the grave or something. <laughs> like I wouldn't be surprised. I think she could have. I mean, her mom, her mother is a pastor. If I'm, if I'm not wrong, like she probably can. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Jeez. Oh, she needed to be on season two of House of Villains, but with Sister Patterson. Oh my god. Uh, they they won't know what hit them. Um, yes, but that was House of Villains for this week. Really, really fun episode. Just a delightful. Oh, yeah. Delightful time. Uh, We're going to take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we're talking the premiere of Season 10 of Married to Medicine. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And And I'm the Riz. And, you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the Wrestling Man. That's right. Do you want something new to put on your reading list? Are you feeling your holiday spirit grow while also being astutely politically in tune? Then you'll want to pick up The Santa Strike, a new book by Shanna Hammaker. While home in Midland, Texas, on a weekend visit with the eccentric uncle who raised him, Marion Wachlowski, otherwise known as Mary, discovers a long-forgotten letter Uncle Joe wrote to Santa Claus. Mary keeps it to share with his girlfriend, Lindsay, and his best friend, Tommy. At first, they consider the letter to be nothing more than a silly lark. What kind of grown man would write a letter to Santa? But soon, Mary and Lindsay find themselves caught in a much larger mystery, concerning many, many more letters to Santa, all surrounding the crisis of gun violence in America. You can order The Santa Strike now on Amazon, available both on Kindle and in paperback. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com.
Welcome back to A Gay and His Envy. Let's head on down to the ATL where Phaedra Parks adds to the long list of accomplishments on her resume, dating an emoji? On Married to Medicine. Oh my god. We will get to it because I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm glad Phaedra's back. But I'm also like, this is some bullshit how we got This her is back. some contrived bullshit. Like, just tell us you wanted to get her back on our screens and you couldn't put her back on Atlanta. Yeah. I get it. It's so bad. But no, Married to Medicine, the premiere for season 10, like we mentioned in the intro uh, to this podcast, like, this is one of our favorite franchises that is going right now. And, like, we watched it very, like, it, we've talked before about how, like, I made Merlin and my, me, like, binge Bravo stuff over COVID. And Married to Medicine, we say, like, towards the very end, like, we didn't think that we were, mm-hmm. you know, really going to touch on it. But as soon as, like, we got into it, it was like... Oh, yeah. It's so dynamic, and it's, like, the it's a great mix of sort of just, like, hilarious funny and then also just like great drama and then like just like genuine moments it's really so well-rounded i think in many ways i mean married to medicine offers the most compelling and jaw-dropping and heartwarming moment in a reunion ever oh yeah yeah yeah. which is where simone and um cecil cecil save their marriage (laughs) they're literally like go into this reunion going to get a divorce and decide not to sitting on the couch like all of them like arguing and like going back and forth and doing this intervention style thing and it's just and the way that like all the other cast members who were like intensely fighting like mariah and heavenly almost got into like a fist fight backstage overdrawing a fucking mustache mustache on mariah's picture and in the same reunion and then they all drop it just to like double team (laughs) it's just it's such good television. You really, I, you, you really get a good vibe of like sort of like that this is a genuine friend group. Yes. That is people. I mean, the medical community is obviously very tight in most areas, but obviously here in Atlanta, we're talking about like that helps. And I think like, you know, and, and I will say, even though she's not on the show anymore, like credit to Mariah for being the one to organize this and sort of like get the show. Also like bring Mariah back. Yeah. You're a big Mariah fan. Or, or put Mariah on it. Atlanta. Yeah. Let's do I'd be fine with that. Just do a swap. Put well, her on Atlanta. We brought Phaedra over here. We're good. Well, I was going to say, I think that's why the Phaedra being on this season works in the way it does. She because, brings similar energy. Well, well, that, but also she already knows the girls. Yes. Like, like the Atlanta girl, the Housewives of Atlanta and the Married Medicine girls all know each other. We've seen Jackie on, yep. you know, Atlanta all the time with like when they're pregnant and stuff like that. And like, yep. you know, there's a community around that regard to where when you can pull someone from that, it doesn't feel like you're just like a producer adding something into the mix because you it feels like it needs something right and i really don't think this cast ever needs anything they're a great cast other than getting rid of anila last season i'm fine i'm fine that anila (laughs) is not there i'm sad contessa's gone i actually yeah i actually find contessa entertaining i was frustrated with contessa last uh, contessa last (laughs) season but um (laughs) i felt like she ended things you know, at the end of last season, she coming into the seemingly reunion. the things with right, yeah. and I was looking forward to seeing her this season and seeing where that growth led. Right, and it we just didn't get that. Yeah, and like I feel I, I like you said I I don't think Anila brought that much to the show, but like like <laughs> absolutely nothing. It was <laughs> awful. I hated every moment she was on screen. But like having that still that core group, like yes. the, like the Jackie Simone Toya uh, Heavenly, like that kind of vibe, like 
works and like there's nothing really to fix about that and we didn't get quad this episode but we'll be getting her next episode yeah so there was that because there was a whole thing about like quad not filming like before they started filming being like i'm not gonna come back because of the whole stuff that now her ex-husband dr g is now marrying a woman who is now on the cast and right. like and I will say, I I do side with Quad in some of the like she's done podcasts where she's talked about like I kind of felt blindsided, because, like right. the fact that the producers didn't like give me the heads up. I am like an OG on this show, and like, right. and I agree, and like I think she did deserve that at the very least. Yeah, I'm glad that we're still going to be seeing her this season, and as she relented because. Uh, and some of the previews we get for later in the season is jaw dropping. Oh yeah, but yeah, it's like, and but also like I was I was gonna mention to the Phaedra point, like I I hope having her on this show helps elevate the ratings a little bit because it yes. I think it's an underappreciated show, yes, very underappreciated. But I don't think it's gonna affect the dynamic, and I don't think it's going to like it's still gonna be the same show. Yes, that we've always loved, but just maybe gets a little bit more attention now. Yes. And I, and I hope that's the case. Um, we start the episode with Dr. Heavenly and Jackie going to the vault, um, which is this, like, boutique or whatever store that, like, I guess Phaedra, she doesn't co-own, but she's, like, a... Um, An investor or something so, in it. Yeah. Phaedra has so many things on her resume. And so many things I question on her resume. <laughs> she's she's a lawyer. She's a mortician. She Isn't she a pastor at some, at some point? Wasn't she a minister to some level? Maybe. She does, I mean, we see her... Do like in this episode like public speaking gigs and stuff like that so she's doing like stuff around pretty much everywhere um i i knew from like minute one watching this episode i was like oh my god dr heavenly has been off our screens way too fucking way long. too long i love dr heavenly so much she is a terrible mess and i love it <laughs> she is they're <laughs> going to Jackie going, Doc, you like my new jacket I just got? It's too much. And Jackie goes, it's too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it's covered in rhinestones. Yeah. Like, what are you going to wear that to? I actually really love Heavenly and Jackie's friendship. Like, yes. Because Jackie is so no-nonsense. Yes. And, like, and Heavenly's the, in their professional life. Jackie's, like, one of her close, the closest people in her life. She's, like, she's my sister. She's my com- friend. She's my confidant. I just love Dr. Jackie. That'll make me a carpet muncher. That's Toya that'd be eating people's coochie. I don't do that. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, and it was like minute one in. It's like she couldn't resist like taking a shot at Toya. And out of nowhere. Yeah. And yeah. Um, Toya not even on the goddamn screen yet. <laughs> Phaedra walks in in that. Uh, we'll get to it with um, in our next uh, podcast episode that's out tomorrow with Salt Lake. Um, walks in with that bodysuit, uh, which is, I'm so over that bodysuit. It's suit. so overused. Just burn it. I'm sick of it. Uh, Jackie's like, well, she got herself a doctor now in heaven. He's like, yeah, a pediatric uh, cardiologist. Um, uh, does she though? So okay. So this is. I'm just gonna break it down. So Phaedra is later like talking about this person. He's not from. He's out of the country, um, which also is suspicious. <laughs> she, I think she brings it up, and Jackie's like, "Oh, so he's like European?" And Phaedra's like, "No, it's de- it's definitely dark meat. He's Nigerian." Which, for all the stuff on 
Housewives of Atlanta about Kenya and Portia finding an African man and, you know, someone like, yep. and it's like, oh, you have this mysterious Nigerian doctor who we don't know and, and can't even see a photo of without uh-huh. putting an emoji in front of his face. And also you film this season with this dating, this doctor, and now you're no longer dating the doctor, but you're f- dating a new doctor now, according to you. Girl, give me are a we gonna fucking get a new, break. Are we going to get a different emoji next season? No, no. I think we're actually going to see him. Probably, she just couldn't. I think what it is is that she couldn't get, she couldn't start dating a doctor in time for the show to start filming. So she, yeah, pretended, and then and she. But I think she, I, I bet she has a real one now. But it was like mm-hmm. she's like, I need it a little longer. <laughs> uh huh. She's like, the deadline's coming up. Um, Jackie says though in her confessional about Phaedra, she's smart, she's witty, she's slick as oil on a wet highway. <laughs> yeah, I'm watching her. Jackie, did you see Jackie at the BravoCon panel? Uh, no. Being like, yeah, she's coming into our turf. You know, it's married to medicine. We're the medicine. Like very much like. Yeah. You know, don't think that you're like that big a hot shit. You're coming into our territory. I appreciated that. From That's Jackie. fair, but I will also say. She is an accomplished attorney. No, that's true. Like, it's not like she's, you know, an influencer. Well, <laughs> who has a blog that pays for that house? There was no, Anila's job was so confusing. I, <laughs> I still don't understand. And she was on there for two seasons. Oh, and then I love when Jackie's in the confessional describing the the, the fact that how Phaedra is so shady. They play, they do the flashback to the reunion where Phaedra does the whole, uh, whole you don't know if your baby dad going to be an axe murderer or a child molester because all you know is he, paid, he needed $10 to buy a medium-sized pizza so he'd ejaculate into a cup so you can have a kid. Now, check that. Best read in reunion history. I want y'all to know that he recited that from memory. Yeah, I didn't have it in my notes, actually. <laughs> uh, when I tell you that this man has a Rolodex of shade in his head... From Housewives and Drag Race and like all, it's it's but it's such an iconic line. Like it's it's so good. Um, we then cut over and Simone and Cecil are having people over to the house for dinner. Um, Simone says in her confessional, "We can the book." Amorosa was absolutely right. For the sake of our marriage, not going back down that divorce road again, we had to let the book go. And I'm like, that book was just a storyline last season. I love you, Simone. Simone is one of my favorites on this show. I find. Like, her laugh is hilarious, first off. Like, just, yeah. it, it delights me every time she cracks up laughing. And, like, I I, I, I've lo- I think she's my favorite just character in person on this show. But I was like, so the whole book thing last year wasn't happening. You were just doing that for a story and just so you could bring Amorosa onto the show. Which, not mad about it. And I forgot that Amorosa was on the show yeah. last season. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, hello. Um, Toya and Eugene uh, come over to the house. Uh, they talk in their confessional how they've really leaned on Simone and Cecil a lot with their own marriage issues. And, like, you know, they, they, I think uh, Eugene says at one point they had, like, an intervention, like, set them down, essentially. Oh, yeah. um, I, I would say this. I, we discussed it before, you know, talking about marriage to medicine, you know, in past years. I actually love Toya and Eugene's marriage. They more than me, anyone on Bravo. Anyone on Bravo. I to me they have the most solid, healthy marriage 
out there. And that's not to say they don't fight. Obviously, right. we've seen their issues throughout the show, but it just also feels healthy. And I, I also think Eugene is probably one of the most unproblematic men on Bravo. Yes. Like, I find his, the way he doesn't, like, like... The way he treats Toya with respect, I feel, for the most part, right. in conversations and in dialogue. Even when she is acting crazy. Oh, and she will, she'll act crazy every once in a while. But, like, I think Eugene clearly respects her. Yes. And I think that's really valuable. We'll also get to it later when the men sort of, like, get together and have their discussion. And the men do have the similar vibe of the, of the Jersey men in certain regards about the whole, like, women communicate uh, communicate a cer- certain way and men communicate a certain way but i still think they treat them more with respect and and revere yeah. them a little bit more and i will say to the 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 thing about eugene being the least problematic Le- eugene will check them when they're wrong yeah on that's not how we need to be talking about these women and he'll got and he won't give the men a pass and so, right they the, i'm sorry the new jersey men wish they were the married to medicine men. oh clearly they are the best husband group like yes. there's there's no and and it, and i think the reason why it is is that it really has been a show about the marriages yes and i mean it's married to medicine but like they i love that they've all about this show, they've always really, always really centered that. Yes. And like, like, remember, they used to always go on those like cast trips where it would just be basically marriage counseling for like all the groups. Oh yeah. Those were great. Like, you know, like I really love this show's like bones and its structure. Mm-hmm. It's so good. I can't, I, I, I can go on for days. Um, toy, they all toast and toy goes, I'm toasting. Cause why in the hell, did, when in the hell did Greg decide to get married and Simone starts cracking up? Toya goes, he's doing it twice after quad. And Cecil goes, he's not scared. And Toya goes, he should be after quad. That was some scary shit. <laughs> and and I forgot how like dark the quad and, oh, yeah. and G stuff was, especially at that reunion where it's like. It hmm. was a lot. Yeah. Um, we go back to the, uh, the vault. Heavenly's asking Phaedra if Quad's coming. And Phaedra's like, you know, I invited her, you know, but she's been, you know, in South Africa. She's been in Mexico. We see, like, the photos and stuff like that. Jackie is like, you know, we haven't tackled, you know, or haven't talked to her since, you know, we were in New York uh, for the reunion. Um, Heavenly Interconfessional goes, I think Quad is probably going radio silent with the ladies because her feelings are hurt. Quad is a sensitive girl. But a lot of this shit, I don't have time to cater her ego. I just, I just don't have it. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I I find it e- interesting that they're kind of dancing around it. But I just, to me... Because it is a fourth wall thing of why Quad's not there right now. Yes, but I also am a little frustrated that they seem to be dismissing it and acting like Quad's acting crazy. When... Yeah. With the shit that was going down with Dr. G, like, it was literally a storyline last season as to why are y'all still hanging out with him off screen? Yeah, I think it's a little, not to say that, like, not to place, and we don't, we weren't in the actual household in certain moments. We've seen, like, their fights when they were married. I think it's a little back and forth. I think, I think there's a gray area into what happened. Not right. gray area into what was truth and not, but I think both of them played a part in how toxic oh, it was. Yeah. And I think that's. That makes it a little more complicated. Yeah. I I understand the men. Especially because G was a part of this friend group before. Because if you remember, season one. Quad got introduced because. Right. And, and Quad was ju- had just married him. Right. So, I mean, she was fresh into this group because of G. Yeah. 
So G already knew these people and had been working with these people for years before this show. So because I mean, yeah, and that's the good point. Like if the relationship is longer, so you ten- you have a tendency to then you know right. gravitate towards the one you've known longer. Um, a producer asked Heavenly, if you had to guess what Quad's up to at this very moment, and, and Heavenly goes, Quad's probably on a jet somewhere trying to find her a man in Nigeria, or maybe she's sleeping with your man. Who knows? It's like, oh my God, <laughs> Heavenly. We just had this discussion at the reunion. But we see, like, instead. But it's not on her blog. That's, that's the difference. Toya later being like, well, she's not posting anything on Twitter, so. <laughs> I mean, you can't ask her not to be shady and confessionals. That's the show. Yeah. Simone and, and Simone responding to that will basically be like, well, it's more about what comes out of her mouth. So, yeah, you know, but also like quads, like we just cut to her at home styling this wig <laughs> <laughs> and, and talking then, to her wigs. Well, and she's talking to it. She goes. You're going back in the closet because you're not acting right today. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Phaedra uh, brings up that she met Quad through Greg um, back when he was considering marrying her. Like, so Mm -hmm. they, like, like you said, Phaedra even has known Greg beforehand. Jackie then goes, because Quad said y'all dated. And Phaedra goes, you got to put some context on this dated. And then Heavenly goes, you know, when we say dated, we mean, and she does the whole finger in the hole. Like, you know what that means, Phaedra. (laughs) You you brought that up many years many years past. Um, Phaedra goes, no, no dado, no injecto. <laughs> Heavenly in her confessional then goes, I don't know what happened because Phaedra Park said, <laughs> I don't know what happened based on what Phaedra Park said because Phaedra Parks don't always tell the truth. I'm just being honest. The truth ain't in the bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but like. So true. And I that's what I love about Heavenly as well, is that she's, she's an, an equal opportunity shade. Right. Like, there's no, like, you know, she's, you know, it's not like, I, she would shade Jackie, she would shade whoever. Like, it's just, you know, Heavenly and Phaedra walks away and Heavenly goes, she look good. You better walk, girl, walk. And Jackie goes, would you stop screaming in this place? And Heavenly goes, I'm sorry. I forgot where I was. <laughs> Um, okay, so then uh, we're back over at Simone and Cecil's, and Dr. G and, and Letitia, who is the newest um, cast member, uh, comes comes over, a.k.a. Sweet Tea, which I'm just going to call her Sweet Tea right now because it's easier. And <laughs> they basically, I think that's what she has in her lower thirds, like most of the I think the so, time. yeah. And then Simone and Cecil are talking about how, like, they've gotten to know, you know, Gregory and Letitia. Cecil says, like, I've noticed a change in Gregory since dating her. And then Cecil goes... He leveled up. I think he leveled up. I'm like, oh, Cecil. I'm going to need people to just look. When you're still friends with both sides of a split up marriage, you got to tiptoe yeah. when you're talking about them getting into new relationships. It's, 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 a, it's a delicate dance. Like he could have said, I really think she's better for him. Yeah, for him. That, yeah, that's great. Wonderful not upgrade yeah what no 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 um simone asked greg what made uh sweet tea so special she goes because i'm 100 percent sure you had all kinds of women sliding and greg goes my dm was lit people were sending me pictures of them taking showers <laughs> i forgot how like also like just sex craze greg is <laughs> like Jeez. sort of well and also back to the dm conversation with this group oh right <laughs> that's been an issue in years past and then sweet tea goes I said I could give you what you really want, and everyone pulls a face, and then we find out, no, she literally slid into his fucking DMs. 
and said, I could give you a baby. No, she, yeah, she says, hello, the text reads, she reads the text in the confessional as if, like, I was like, girl, you shouldn't have shared this, like, whatsoever. She goes, hello, I can give you what you need, flower emoji, baby emoji. (laughs) Someone goes, you sent a baby emoji? She goes, sure did. Toya goes, and then you flew her out, Gregory, flew her out. Because that was a point of contention with Quad. (laughs) Well, and I love the tweets that were also, like, um, Greg clearly didn't take Simone's advice from that one reunion where she's like, bitches are looking for you. <laughs> you are on television. <laughs> it's like she, the, yeah, I, that would be the biggest fucking red flag. Oh yeah. That I was on this reality show wanting a child. And that was the big sticking point with my ex. And then that's the first thing that you fucking send me. Also, can we, can we just not to overly talk about women's looks? Because I'm not going to talk about attractive uh, level or, like, her body or anything like that. I think she's like very that. pretty. I think she's very pretty. But can we talk about the fact that Sweet Tea looks like the perfect blend between Toya. Yeah, she looks just like Toya. And Goldie from <laughs> Flavor Love. Someone said that online. I was like, oh, my God, that's it. And it's, just, and it's also the Southern thing. Yes. Like, she's got that Southern vibe and stuff like well, that. Well, she's got that big, like, like all gums grin yeah <laughs> it's cute though uh and greg likes it greg talks in their com- joint confessional she's greg's like you had come with that you know japanese black dress that you were wearing and i was like yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then this i thought was like illuminating uh sweet tea is like that was the weekend you told me you loved me and greg goes yeah, I love that dress. Make it a joke. And she goes, you told me that based off of the goddamn dress? You got to stop me like, stop doing me like that. And then like playfully shoves him. And I was like. He's a horny bastard. But, all, but also I was like, I don't, I think he has a type. And like, I, I saw quad or, you know, she didn't go full quad, obviously. But I was like, I see like glimpses. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? I like, can't wait to see them interact. Oh God. Uh, they kiss and Simone goes you better get a room now and Toya goes you just horny and she goes Eugene give me a kiss damn it oh jeez um, we then see Heavenly uh, taking her daughter Alora prom dress shopping uh, which I, it's crazy how old Alora's gotten like she was like six or seven when this show started uh, those are some of my favorite like early scenes of Alora just shading her mother <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she would gather her mother right up too. It was, oh uh, yeah. It, if you want to see amazing shade throwing, go watch some of those early seasons. It runs in the family. I got it's it. so good. Um, Heavenly's <laughs> talking with the the store person. She's like, she got a lot of breasts, and we don't want to show that much. When they were going through the dress shopping at the end. The one that they ended up picking, I was like, that's way, I I think that's way too sexy for, like, a prom dress. Like Now, I did think that that was the dress that looked the best on her. Sure. But it, I think, was a lot for a teenager going to prom. But, like, Heavenly picked that one, and I was like, you just said, like. <laughs> and, and that's the one with, that's the one with no straps. Yeah. It, it was, And not just that, but it's, like, see-through in parts, and, like, it's a short, short skirt. So, what are you? What are your priorities here, Heavenly? <laughs> yeah. Just, what? 
Heavenly talks about how like, you know, now she's going to you know graduate from, you know, and go to college. And that's going to be really rough for me. She wants her to basically go to a state that's in school, even though she didn't. She's like, I went out and I got a man and, you know, I, I just don't want her to meet no man, you know, because, you know, that's what I did at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it's cute, though. But because I mean, I think she said her boys uh, were in states. So that that yeah. you know mitigated, but she, but Alora is thinking elsewise, um, and Alora immediately going after she finds the right dress, she goes, "I'll go meet you at the register. Have your card ready." And Heavenly goes, "Okay, then." <laughs> uh, she's gonna be a mess. Well, and credit to I mean, she, but also like she's got that de- that dentist money. Those den those dentists get paid good. Uh huh. Yeah, they got the uh, the premium bones yeah exactly it's i mean it's yeah um uh we go to sweet tea's uh hoedown engagement party that she's throwing she invited all the ladies to it um we get a little bit of her background and sort of her talking about this about how she was born in this really small town in arkansas and then she grew up in colleen uh not far up from dallas um so you know she's a texas girl and sort of really you know southern in that regard and i feel like we haven't really well we have Southern girls on Married to Medicine, but it's uh, Atlanta Southern is different than like yeah, it, Atlanta Southern is deep South. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Texas is Texas South, and that is different. Yeah, and she apparently grew up like on an Air Force base and was in the Air Force at one point. We don't hear that in this episode, but then like like there was somebody that tweeted pictures of her in her dress uniform. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, it was like. She was in the Air Force. What? Yeah. She, she seems she seems impressive. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, she talks about how it's really important for me to be friends with this group because, you know, Dr. G is friends with the husband. So I want to integrate and, you know, be be uh, with everyone. Jackie's FaceTiming Heavenly before they go to the party. And, Hev- and Heavenly goes, you know, why would you call it a hoedown if it was your engagement party? It sounds kind of tacky to me. <laughs> and Jackie has to be like, well, she's Southern. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's a joke, Heavenly. <laughs> Um, Jackie talks about how she already has met, uh, Sweet Tea, uh, at one of her breast cancer golf tournament, um, sort of charity mm-hmm. events. Um, she, <laughs> Jackie didn't know how to take her when G walked in with her. She was like, was she a friend? Did he babysit her back in the day? Like, <laughs> um, I don't know what the age difference is. I think there, pr- there is clearly some cause G's up there. Uh-huh. You know, so I'll, I'll, we'll have to see. Um, Jackie goes, uh, how do you feel about going into Quad's house? It's been about five ye- five long years. And I was like, oh shit, they're literally in Quad's old house. Which, I could not when they when they were she was showing them around. I was like, oh, I remember that kitchen. Quad because that Quad had a very distinct kitchen, which uh-huh. was like you know honestly kind of one of my favorite kitchens. Even though it's not like you know it's not like fucking uh, Villa Rosa, but like no, actually I like Jackie's kitchen better. Yeah. Heavenly goes, I've been over. The house looked better when Quad was there. I think Quad had an interior designer. Sweet Tea, she's more of a Target type of girl. <laughs> girl. I don't I don't disagree. I I like I did like Quad's interior better than than Sweet Tea's. But I will say that I feel like Sweet Tea hasn't lived there long. It doesn't feel like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so I feel like it will look better next season. Yeah. I think that's the thing. Um, all the guests start arriving. Toya gets on the, the makeshift bowl that they have and tells Eugene, oh, you want to ride me from the back? <laughs> <laughs> well, and then he like, he like 
He straight up spanks her. He slaps her ass and she goes, oh, so now you know how to slap. <laughs> it's like, Toya. So good. Um, uh, Sweet Tea's uh, sister, Kanisha, comes over and they're twin sisters. Um, she said they're fraternal, but they are basically identical. They look identical. It's ridiculous. Yeah. they're Yeah. Um, Phaedra, when she, later she walks in, she's being like, wait, so which one's Sweet Tea? Which one? <laughs> like, I haven't met you yet. Um, and then Heavenly brings uh, one, the other friend of uh, for this uh, season, Dr. Alicia, mm-hmm. um, who's married to Dr. Uh, Kima. And uh, she's a dentist and he's an orthodontist. Um, they left D.C. to come to Atlanta. Because uh, I think Toya was saying, like, they met them. I, I, I feel like she was involved in the, um, when the Black that, Lives Matter protest yeah, that they did. That where, march that they went up there and did. Yeah. Toya <laughs> jokes with Alicia and goes, you know, are you thinking about working in Heavenly's practice? And Alicia goes, no. <laughs> Toya goes, why you say it like that? And Alicia goes, I mean, I like to keep my business and my friendships separate. <laughs> but like, Jackie and Simone don't practice together. Sure. So why would Toya's you assume gonna, that... Toya's going to find that shade. It, like, That's fair. But the... Toya's also not a doctor. Like, right. she's... Of the main girls, it's her and Quad that are not doctors right yeah. now. And then Phaedra now is the new. But it's like... So all the other women are actual doctors, and so she's the one that's married to medicine. (laughs) You ain't even married to medicine, love. (laughs) The fact that Mariah dropped that line however many seasons ago, and they were like, okay, well, we're just abandoning that role at this point. Quad can be here. Yeah. And (laughs) And Phaedra can date an emoji doctor. Yeah. Uh, Toya, uh, Heavenly comes in and Toya goes, you know, I told Simone in New York that you were so nice to me. And Heavenly goes, I really was, wasn't I? <laughs> she goes, I'm always nice, right, Simone? And Simone goes, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Phaedra then arrives and, and cause Sweet Tea also has like, she's got like these like, um, bedazzled, like short. Like cut, like cut high shorts uh-huh. um, that she's in uh, with like the white cowboy hat all matching. Phaedra going, this is big Texas energy and big Texas panties to match. <laughs> but when you have a small behind, maybe that's how they fit. I don't know. My behind loves to eat panties, chews on everything. And she goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, Sweet Tea really does have uh, what I would call a long back. Yeah. <laughs> she just got. Long back, then somehow you get to legs, and you're not <laughs> quite sure how you got there, but there you are. Yeah. Um, I forgot who brings it up to Eugene, but uh, Eugene's actually lost a good amount of weight, and, yep. and you can see it. Like, he really has. And she, he's like, yeah, Jackie got me on. Um, he, he says some megatides. Yeah, it, it's, it's Ozempic. Yeah. Or one of the other brands. But names. I always thought it was called semaglutides. No. Whatever. They have that. You were like they have the medical speak. That's well, like, yeah, because it's it's all based in like Latin and whatnot. So it's like semaglutides yeah. is how the um, emphasis is. Yeah, in English we tend to do it the next to the last syllable, and in Latin it's more the third to you know. Anyway. Semaglutid. <laughs> no, not that. <laughs> no, not that. Uh, Toya in, in the confessional goes. I think the best thing about Eugene losing the weight has been the stamina. <laughs> Because there's all that talk about their sex. And, and then he's just like, ah, excuse me. Well, he's like, you know, when you're a heavier guy, your stamina is lower. And you're like, I got to finish this up. I got to cramp. I'm out of breath. <laughs> I love that Eugene can take those, like, jokes and not, you know, take yeah. them to heart. Um, 
the men go out smoking on the porch and and Cecil tells G, you know, Letitia's are special. And the reason I say that is I don't even hear the women inside. <laughs> They're not even fighting. Give it a couple minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Heavenly then asks Sweet Tea uh, when they're all uh, meeting around, you know, what do you like most about being engaged? And then Sweet Tea goes, I get a little access to the money. And they're all like, what? Everybody's jaws hit the floor. <laughs> I love that, like, uh, at a certain point, like, Toyer was, like, helping, like, guide at a certain point. <laughs> Cause, like, no, you don't want to say that. Because <laughs> Heavenly goes, so, Tisha, have you ever been called a gold digger? <laughs> Straight up, like... Oh, God, you don't want to have an, uh, a heavenly question. But Sweet Tea goes, not really, no. And Toy is like, what do you mean, not really? Who said it? And she goes, no, no one said it. Toy is like, just say no then. Because, like, if you say not really, like, it's going to get spun. Like, Toy was almost, like, sort of like, let me teach you <laughs> the ways. She's, mm, yeah, I feel like she doesn't speak in shade yet. No. She doesn't quite understand the culture of shade. Uh, she will get there. Heavenly Air Confessional goes, Quad was a gold digger. Sweet tea, she's digging for copper. She's on the lower level. She didn't even know what gold is. <laughs> oh, Heavenly does not let off the fucking gas, and I love every second of it. Toya then goes, we don't want to make you feel awkward at all because, you know, we have been around, you know, his ex. You know, Heavenly was friends with her, really tight. Phaedra, I know your friends. Have any of y'all talked to her? Like, Toya's now just, like, bringing up... I did under... I feel bad for Sweet Tea because it was kind of, like, bringing up Quad to the group with, like, her... Like, this is her engagement party. Yeah, it's like, it wasn't the timing. <laughs> like... But also, this is just a messy-ass show, so, yeah, of course, they're bringing up Quad. <laughs> well, and also, like, I feel like Toya just wanted the excuse to like drag Claude oh, from the grave. Yeah. Um and Phaedra's like, you know, I don't think that you know there's any animosity, you know, Quad has. And Toya goes, you know, she won't come around and I don't know why. And and so I'm curious about, you know, where she is in her life right now. Because from what I've heard, I was gonna ask you, Phaedra, are you covering her DUI case? It was like Toya. Her what? <laughs> This felt like early seasons married to medicine where remember that like in the early days where they were just slinging accusations at each other. Oh yeah. About like how and Quad was accusing Toy of like a hit and run and like, you know, all and like, you know, oh, you were in a prison for this and what about your lesbian relationship, bitch, and throwing <laughs> shit in people's faces. It was giving that vibe. Um Frage is like, I don't know anything about that. Uh Toy Toy in her confessional goes. I'm not one of those people where if I hear a little gossip, I run with it. I'm a fact checker. She's like, look it up. DUI Quadril Webb Lunsford. Forget the Lunsford. That's somebody else's name. And I was like, oh, my God, Toya. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I, but I get it. Quad came out of her hard last season. So, like, you know, she's going to get her licks in. Uh, Faye Trainer Confessional. It ain't nothing nice to be putting a DUI on a Christian woman. And I believe Quad's a Christian woman. I think so. <laughs> well, and what what frustrates me about this, though, is Toya could have brought this up at some other thing. Right. It's like, why are you bringing this up today? Like, get to get together with Simone. You two will love to talk about this. Like, Right. Like, you can throw your shit. I get why you're doing it when Quad's not there, because you don't want Quad coming right at right back at you. Right. I get that. So good on you for that. But why are you bringing that up? Because all you're doing is shitting on Sweet Tea. Yeah. And Sweet Tea goes, we're not going to make this about Quad. If you're here, you're here for me and you're here for Gregory. And they kind of shuts them all up for a second. Like it kinda, A second. 
Um, you know, Sweet Tea talks about how, you know, Greg is real settled in his life and that he's ready for a family. And then Sweet Tea goes, I also just want to thank Simone, you know, for, for referring me to Dr. Davis. You know, and she's and Faith is like, who's Dr. Davis? And she's like, she's a specialist in like fibroids and cysts. Heavenly. I was like, girl, like she starts and goes, but Jackie does all that. Don't you, Jackie? And Simone goes, right. But I refer her to a specialist like Simone. I love when Simone, because Simone knows heavenly, like Simone knows heavenly's game, but she starts out calm. She's like, I'm going to give you the first sentence. And if you keep it off with the third and fourth time, then I'm going to lose my shit. (laughs) She goes, I referred her to a specialist and heavenly goes, yeah, I'm just saying, you know, Jack does all that. Right. I, this was my favorite confessional this week. They cut to Jackie in her confessional, and she's just smiling. And goes, I wish I could hit heavenly in her mouth. <laughs> Simone goes, Jackie is a general OBGYN. I referred her to a specialist, and heavenly goes, I mean, you want to keep the money in the friend group, right? <laughs> so uh, Simone in her confessional, heavenly needs to stick to motherfucking veneers. <laughs> Simone goes when and it starts to raise in Simone's voice and Simone goes when I think it's appropriate to refer a patient to Jackie I do heavily goes but she went to Simone but Simone didn't I mean because Simone evidently couldn't do what she couldn't do whatever she needed and Simone goes it's not that I couldn't do it I can do surgery <laughs> see because the thing is is that heavenly has a way of saying the most obnoxiously, like, rude shit. Yeah, so rude. In the most innocent way. Yeah. And she's like, but you can't yell at me because I'm cute. I'm (laughs) just asking. I'm just asking why you're a bitch. I'm not calling you a bitch. Heavily interconfessional. I would trust Jackie to do a root canal on me. I would trust Jackie to do brain surgery. Damn sure would let her do anything that's related to my coochie. (laughs) Heavenly tells Simone, so you don't like to do it? And Simone goes, no, I like to do it. You're speaking on shit. You have no idea. Heavenly goes, why are you so upset? (laughs) Simone just keeps repeating at one point, you are on the late train. You are on the late train. And then Sweet Tea's just getting more annoyed and annoyed. And then Kanisha, her sister, has to be like, hey, this is her house. Let her speak. Thank God for Kanisha, because... <laughs> Jackie then asks, like, where do you get the name Sweet Tea from? And she goes, because everyone calls me Sweet. And then Toya goes, what do they call Kanisha? Sweet uh, <laughs> <and> Tea. <laughs> and then I don't know even what Phaedra was trying to do. Phaedra then goes, before we all go, because they're all about to leave. She goes, before you all go, I want to clear the air. And then Heavily just goes, you never slept with Greg. but also we don't get an explanation of what even phaedra was going to say we just cut to the next scene uh it's the next day and um jackie and heavenly are talking in uh jackie's office (laughs) jackie goes you know we talked a lot about quad you know but hopefully we don't do that again to her and heavenly goes no i ain't never mentioning no quad again (laughs) and then they start talking more and heavenly goes that food was nasty. Now, who cooked that? Did Letitia cook the food? Jackie goes, no, it was catered. And Heavily goes, it's not how Quad's food used to be. <laughs> and Jackie's like, okay, rewind. <laughs> and he's like, oh, my, I'm sorry. <laughs> we're getting like sort of like, this is the part where we're getting like sort of like interstitial scenes. Um, we then cut to Phaedra in her kitchen. And I was like, 
holy shit because then it's her kids and i was like that's mr president and 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 the prince they're like they're like teenagers now like what the fuck that's not okay no that made me feel old as fuck that is not okay it's like oh no (laughs) i still remember the fucking i remember when she was lying about the timeline of her pregnancy oh my god shut up that is so stupid (laughs) (laughs) that was one of my favorite storylines on atlanta Because it was so stupid. Sheree going, bitch, you ain't no, don't ain't no when you got knocked up. <laughs> and then, okay, so, and then we end with uh, Dr. G and Sweet Tea are driving to go get the marriage license. Um, Sweet Tea's talking about, you know, I didn't really like that the party was about us and your guest, you know, kept bringing up your ex-wife. And she goes, I'm just going to let them know there's a new sheriff in town and they're not going to fuck with me. So she's. Good for her. Yeah. I, I, I think she needs to. I, I would just caution because, like, you know, they'll, they, I, if you're going to bucket them, I feel like they're going to buck back. So Greg talks about, like, you know, everybody had something to say about Quad not being right for me, you know, but I'm just, like, a completely different person now. <laughs> it's like, okay, we'll see, Gregory. Three minutes later. Yeah. <laughs> they get, they, they swear, they do the, like, swearing in and they get the marriage license. And Greg in his confessional is like, you know, I'm so excited to marry Letitia. You know, we haven't really had any really big red flags. And then we get the fast forward to everything that's going to happen this season. And it's like, oh, it looks messy as fuck. It's just a hallway of red flags. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a flag factory. I didn't know you went here. <laughs> oh, and then that bachelorette party. Where Quad walks in, I gag. I need to know how that happens and and who's involved in that mess. My guess is heavenly. <laughs> oh, one thousand percent. Oh, but it looks like a great fucking season. Like, oh yeah, like so happy. Married to Mezzan's back. Really, really fun stuff. We're so excited that we're going to get to cover all of it uh, in the coming months. Um, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we're talking this past week of Big Brother UK. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, and you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the Wrestling Man. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, to a little more spicy, like one of my favorites, fuck your laws, fuck your system, transformative justice now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. 
Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to Again is NB. Let's head on over to London where the house guests are dealing with ice blocks, icy conversations, and getting iced out on Big Brother UK. Big Brother UK for this week. Um, oh, we got opinions and we were, this, I, it got me activated this week. I will say that much. Like there was a lot of just like really activating. Oh yeah. Terrible things that were happening in the house. And like, I mean, and good, good moments as well of like people rising above it, i.e. Trish, who I, I'm balancing between the idea of Trish being my winner for this season. Uh, to yeah. me, I was so committed of like Yin run to the end and like, you know, which I still would be perfectly happy with. Yeah. Um, but like Trish is like kind of becoming the star of this season in many ways. Oh yeah. Her, her reads on people I find to be insanely accurate, like to the point of yeah. like, it's almost like she's watching the show. Yeah. 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 It's like, oh, we're so in tune. And like, yeah, you, like you pick up on so many dynamics of like what's actually happening that it's really intriguing. Um, so we'll get to go through sort of everything that sort of happened uh, throughout the week, like bit by bit. Um, we should probably talk about the, the double eviction and sort of everything that transpired there. Oh. It actually turned out well, like we got exactly what we wanted. Yay! <laughs> uh, Paul and Dylan. That was so like, like, that became like a moment on Twitter <laughs> in like BBUK Twitter because oh, yeah. of the, the, and I was anticipating the crowd response to be good, but like it was like good. Oh yeah, <laughs> the 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 bouillet sandwich that people are dubbing it. <laughs> so perfect, and and I was really like it genuinely like broke my heart. Like what like like when they booed Dylan, and then they got the cheers from Naki, and you could tell Naki like really like t- realizing like okay, I'm not fucking crazy. Yeah. Like there's like people actually see that validation, yeah. What the fuck is happening? And I and I think like Trish and Noki realizing that if they hadn't realized it before, definitely in Noki's case, if Trish hadn't realized it before, and sort of getting that confidence boost because of it, and then also the other side of the house fucking spiraling. We will get to it. Like it was a lot. It's a lot of emotion for safe. Apparently, Paul has great dick. That that was my interpretation of it because I don't understand. I yeah, I don't get it. The devotion to this man, like just, both in and out of the house. Yeah, it's to an insane degree. Like it's like yeah, it's it's really fucking confusing. Um. So, but also what did so with we'll talk a little bit about Paul too because like one of the things as well with like in the lead up to that and I think really sealed his fate was like all the stuff that played out on eviction night from the day before mm, that they were showing mm-hmm. as the, as people were voting. So the big stuff with like, um, it was Jenkins party, right? Where No, 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 no. Jenkins party's after. It was Yin run had earned a party. It was the, the big button thing. Yeah. 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 She earned like a party for the group or whatever. It's also like doing that Yin runs party, like pissed me off. Paul just decided to just be a fucking asshole. He was already being an asshole. And, like, you know, treating, like, Trish and Noki like shit, like, for stupid fucking reasons. But then, like, so, and, and Yinren was also very judicious with who she picked for the party because she could only pick, like, half of the group. And she picked, like, people who either, like, didn't get 
rewards from like the button challenge or like, you know, were had were either up for eviction or like had some like made a point to sort of like not just go with my friends. Right. You know, she had Dylan in there, she had Chanel and all that stuff. But then everyone else had to be up in the the top um sort of like So the five that were up in the upper room were Olivia, Paul, Henry, Maddie, and Tom, I wanna say? No. No, Jordan. It was all it was oh, right, all right, three right. of the love triangle and the other two, uh, Paul and Olivia. But Paul and Olivia, like particularly, just had couldn't accept the fact that they weren't getting something, and then just had to be the center of fucking attention. And they were like throwing shoes at the window to like get their attention. And it was like, okay, it's it's one thing. And then it got to a point where then Paul is just standing atop the fucking thing outside of the room and like throwing shit down and like. And then at one point, like it was at the point where it's even pissing Jenkins off, which like. Jenkin yeah. seems to forget about in like in like an hour when things transpire, but like he was pissing Jenkin off to a certain point. He literally goes down and grabs like two of the drinks, like the alcoholic like Cosmo or whatever thing, and is like putting them over the sink, like threatening to dump them and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, it was it was a lot, and it was actually this was the stuff that they cut the live feed for right oh because they were not sure what was happening here but the best well the best part was on the late and live in the lead up because sometimes they're like let's look at the house for a moment or whatever as it's in real time happening and they cut to it and you just see the house and you just hear trish going you're a bully you're a bully in the background they're like what what's happening and they cut away (laughs) yeah because they don't want to spoil that early yeah um but like so paul and to me it was like okay paul's an asshole he's being a dickhead like whatever yeah. at this point the thing that threw me over the edge though because Noki's sitting at the table and he walks by and he goes why are you looking at me like that so aggressive like genuinely fucking aggressive and nasty yeah and that gets so like lost in in the dynamic of this uh because you know Noki is upset she tells Trish what happened. Trish is fucking done and then starts going off on fucking Paul from the bottom up and going like, you're a bully, ranting that he's a bully and to the point where she's not literally interrupting her limbo contest that she's doing. And she's like yelling at him. It was so iconic to her just to be like, you're a bully as she's like bending over this, this limbo bar. <laughs> it was great. And like, but the fact, again, well, the fact that that became, how dare Trish call Paul a bully? How dare she? How dare she, right? Like, it's it's like, the, it was like, the it was like, literally, it's like, as if she called him a racial slur. Yeah. Like, it, it was, it was that, to that degree. Well, it was, the, the argument was. She's labeling him as a bully, so all the people out there watching are just going to believe that, and they're not going to use any of the evidence in front of them that he's a bully. No, they're just going to take her narrative that he's a bully, and that's going to make them eliminate But also, like, it'd be one thing as well, like, because certain people were out of the room. Jenkin knew what he was doing and was a part of that group, like, casting that. It's like, you felt that he was being a bully, you fucking asshole. Like, why the fuck are you throwing Trish under the bus? Like, you literally, like, were very cross with him. Like, you didn't yell, but you were, like, very angry with him. Yeah. It was like, I don't fucking get it. And it's like, but also, you can say, like... It's all this, like, the labeling and stuff like that. But meanwhile, like, Trish gets five words out in a fucking sentence and you call her aggressive. 
Right. I love that there was a panel on one of the Leighton Lives with like all three black women and AJ, when the the black woman who's the host, and the fact that they were just they just laid the fu- fucking thing out of like this is literally fucking ridiculous how they're treating trash. Yeah. It's it's honestly goddamn insane. Yeah. Um, and then like ugh, the whole thing fucking breaks down from that regard. Um, Paul ends up going home, but also Paul apologizing to Trish right before the fucking eviction happened after all, you know, all the stuff that got brewed up. And Paul said on his eviction interview that he had heard in the garden, people chanting, get Paul out already. Like he already knew as people were filing in. So very conveniently, like literally minutes before the eviction starts, he apologizes to Trish and squashes it. I find that to be so like disingenuous and, 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 Oh yeah. And and Trish gives him the I should have said you were acting like a bully, not that you are a bully. So she literally concedes to him to a certain extent in that argument. I love that she didn't fully concede. Yeah, and and, and appreciated that. But also, they don't even like none of it even helps Trish in that regard. Like he does it like offhand to the side, gets evicted, and then they just continue to bombard Trish after the fact over over labeling him. And Trish has to be like. We literally fucking squashed it. Yeah. Like, why are you angry at me? He's not angry at me. Yeah. Uh, and then Dylan also gets evicted as well. Dylan in the double. I will say this. I thought Dylan actually handled himself very well on the eviction interview. I thought he took ownership and I thought he didn't make excuses in many regards in the way I felt like Paul did. Yeah, but I also felt like they softballed those interviews. But that's... the. So, from what I can understand from reading people in the UK, that seems to be a network decision. Uh, and, like, now that they're on ITV, I don't know the difference between, like, Channel 4 and ITV but and, like, the vibes. But, like, it def- the interviews are de- and the hosting, I would say, is definitely a little more um, neutral in certain ways. And not maybe not neutral is the best word, but, like, not going there as much as like when, when Davina used to host the show, right? How she would get into like tough conversations with people and sort of like, I think maybe it is part of that. Cause, um, I had found a, a website that outlined the mental health protocols. Right. Right. For big brother UK. Um, and I wonder if it's part of that, like part of, because they haven't had a chance to look back at what they've done and all of that sort of like pushing them really hard on things without being able to step back and actually have a moment out of the house to reflect sure is kind of unfair that's it's kind of a it's kind of what happened in the US big brother there was a one season a couple seasons ago where a guy was in the final two and was winning essentially who had a long history on the show of having racist and they basically Julie like confronted it to him like the accusations as he was like still in the house before he won couldn't and and I he's an asshole by the way I don't I don't think he's a good person like based off of like after yeah. the show and all that stuff but it was like oh you're just dropping this all on his plate like springing this on him like yeah. like and he has no like way to but it, i mean and here's the thing like if you're gonna be a it's racist entertaining piece of to shit, a certain extent if but... you're gonna be a racist piece of shit you kind of deserve that but also at the same time i do feel like there is so much racism that is built into 
like what we are taught in society, not just as white people, but like everybody is taught it, right? Especially yeah. anti-black racism. So like there's a lot of ingrained biases that we don't realize we're doing. Right. And I feel like being put in that spotlight after being sequestered for weeks, right? It like you maybe are not able to actually speak to that yeah in a way that is truly reflective and it's also like especially in the uk version like when the it's a social experiment right right like that's the concept of the show so like part of that is you're going to get things that are negative right you're going to get things that aren't the cleanest because you know you're going to get maybe racist moments because society is racist in many regards and like so i think and there's still you still should hold people accountable right don't get me wrong but also it's also a lesson right and so like and to me to me like and i'm not just saying that to give them a pass i'm saying that it's like that's the foundation of the show that's what it should that's what it was designed for right so you know i think that's that's an interesting thing to put it into perspective in many ways yeah and maybe getting them time to watch it back before they actually are questioned on their actions yeah that that's a good point um but once the eviction happens with paul and dylan that's when we get this what what's now been dubbed the foul four online which i think is a great name yeah of uh tom and jenkin and olivia and chanel it was just bad even the stuff we saw on the episode was uh, on the episodes were bad and there was a lot of stuff we didn't see on the episodes that were only on the live feeds that yeah. was much worse uh-huh um and and it was just it was so i felt so bad because it's like they go paul and don't get evicted trish and Nelky are obviously happy that they they stayed right like right take apart like the validating aspect of it with like the cheers and stuff like that they stayed so that you know and then just Olivia, like, crying and fucking whispering to Tom, you know, they did this. Those two girls did this. Like you were saying before, like, the they made them look like bullies. And so as if the British public is stupid and can't, like, discern things. Yeah. Also, as if production is actively... Because if the evidence wasn't there, yeah. right, you would just have Trish calling him a bully and it looking like Trish is crazy. Right. But the evidence is there, right? It's She's not saying this out of nowhere. Right. Maddie has noticed it and has commented about it both in the house and in confessionals. Noki has spoken about it in the house and in confessionals. Like, Dylan's not, been annoyed by some of the stuff that you guys have done. Like, like, it's not nothing. Yeah. So, like, why are we pinning this, number one, why are we pinning this all on Trish? Yeah. And number two... Why do you think everyone else is just going off of her word and not what we literally are seeing? Because it's not even like we're just getting the the hour edit. People have access to the live streams right. and are watching them and documenting this shit. Like, it, have you never encountered Big Brother? Do you not know how this works? Yeah. They see everything. And and it, it yeah I I that disconnect I don't understand I don't know what mind I don't know what's going on in their mind to be honest at this point especially like especially like Tom's like yeah. Tom went was from was very innocuous to me most of the season to like went full blown crazy I feel yeah well and, I think 
I think they just have gotten into this echo chamber. Yeah. In and of themselves. And they really are feeding off of each other. And they, th- and we'll talk about it, but it's like, there's, they so much think that there's this like div- game playing strategy, like divide that's happening. They're like, well, now they have six and we have four. And so that we're automatically going up every time and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's, they're, they're so thinking from a gameplay perspective. And I love later in the week that Trish is just like, I think they're thinking like so strategic that we're like these strategic masterminds and we are not like. Because they're not organized or anything over there. They're not. They're just there. Yeah. They're like, we don't think about you like that. Like, it's not like. And you guys really should analyze how like, like you've been like coming at us like crazy. What was that that conversation that, um, that Trish and Jordan had? In the bedroom. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. Yeah. It would get to it later with the actual like nominations, but like Jordan being like, they think we, they think we talk about them all the time. And Trist goes, when we laugh, like they think they're, we're laughing at them. We're not. And Jordan goes, we're laughing, but not at them. They're not funny. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. And that was like, also like, you know, Trish and Noki are the, the idea that Trish and Noki had the gall to smile because they were happy that they stayed. And Tom just in the corner of the room being like, they better stop. Uh, they better stop. Oh, my God. If they laugh again, I'm going to lose it. It's like, sh- calm down. Like, like he almost went postal. And it it was scary. Yeah. It's just like, and then it really, and then also like him, like I said, Tom being innocuous and then flipping. And then also Chanel has had a terrible fucking week, I feel. Yeah. When they had that sit down after like an hour or so after the uh, the eviction and you know they're talking about like sort of the you know dynamics or whatever and Noki's trying to explain like I understand like you know you guys that there's a view of me whatever and Chanel just fully I feel gaslighting her to her face I mean that's your perception that's not real. We haven't you know we don't think about you like that. Bullshit. Which is bullshit because you literally do. You st- you have her name in your ma- her name in your mouth every other fucking like second that we see you on camera, and then Noki's like, "No, I understand that," but and then Chanel just being like, "You know what? I'm tired of this conversation. I'm leaving," which is so rude and like, like to not even let Noki explain herself is yeah. like ridiculous. And then Trish- not that she needed to explain herself because fuck y'all. And then Trish is like, Chanel, don't walk away. And Tom goes, don't raise your voice, Trish. You're being aggressive. I was like, I am done. I I'm, I'm fucking done with you people. Like it's, 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 you're not letting them talk. And then the minute, like, I don't, I can't understand how you don't see that Trish, why Trish feels the way she does. Yeah, it, well, the thing is, is that there, there are people out there who think racism is done. Yeah. And any time that someone brings up race as a part of the problem, then they're being divisive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because they want to stay within the little world of themselves where they don't have to think about race. And it's like, that. that's... That's literally not the real world. No. So I need you to stop like lying to yourself. And so can we also detail? So then all the stuff that was happening off the actual episodes on the live feeds and stuff like that, that was, I feel like was amounting to like something that they may want to need to step in on, which I have a theory they might have. So like at one point Jenkins has his birthday party because it's his birthday and he has like a cake with like Kinder Buenos on it because that was the big sort of thing that he always, he was wanting a Kinder Bueno all season. 
and like being rude to fucking yin run when like she brings over a knife being like hell yeah let's cut the cake and she's like and he and jenkin being like oh really like i'm not gonna need that and then gossiping about like i'm not sharing my cake with them blah 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 and then olivia says something about better in the trash than to share it yeah it's like what and then like bragging that he's like leaving shit stains in the toilet no 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 not stains full-on shit oh was it uh, it's just like that was rising to a point where it was like there needed to be somebody to like at one point tom was threatening to throw the shopping task and like it was like what, i just i can't what does paul have on these people like what like all because not even because of dylan they didn't care about dylan also it was like paul is the only white man to be eliminated this season so far yeah it's like the the minute and then it just spirals like just i just i can't i can't uh um, you know, and, and it did, didn't it, didn't it feel like there was something like the producers talked to them or something like in a confessional or something? Cause the neck, there was, all this stuff was just like bubbling. And then like, there's one morning, like the show starts and Jenkins just realizes, you know, I might be friends with Trish on the outside world. It might just be the house. Let me apologize to Trish. Like immediately in the morning, like out of nowhere. Yeah. Like it seemed, and it just seemed odd when Jenkins was so committed. I mean, sure, but I also like sometimes you do sleep on something and realize you've been an ass. So, like, I I will leave room for it was genuine. But I sure, but it's like it's also one thing you being an ass in a moment, and it was the other thing when you just built this idea of this person. Yeah, and like then suddenly you don't think that anymore. I think that was more the thing, but I will say I, I side with Trish when Jenkins wanted to talk to her and she's just like, Hey, and Jenkins like, I want to put this behind us. And, and Trish is like, I've had multiple people in this house come and like have that conversation with me. And then it just doesn't happen. So like, I'm good. Yeah. Cause I don't blame her. It's like, it doesn't feel real at this point. You apologize and you say you, you know, you know, you are going to try to look at me differently. And then you hold everything against me. Yeah. From like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> like, I don't. Well, and that's not even the only time that, that happens this episode. Like later on after the, the security breach thing where, oh, right, right, where, right. Um, Trish is like, no, it's, it's fine. I'm glad that your sister, Olivia, you know, got to come in and that my sister wasn't here. That's okay. I'm, I'm happy for you. Everybody, all of like three of the fat, the, 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 the foul four started going, well, maybe we were wrong about Trish. Maybe. Th-. And then Chanel comes out in out of nowhere, like yeah. a wrecking ball is like, nah, bitch. And they're like, no, after talking to Chanel, I sh- I'm going to stick with this. It's like, I cannot. It's like, it's, it's, it's really terrible. We'll get to it more when we get to the actual nominations. Um, but before that, let's talk about the more saga of this love triangle between Henry, Jordan, Oof. and Maddie. Because it's shifted, I will say, in certain ways. And Jordan, if, if Jordan doesn't get fucking right at this point, he might go home before, Oh yeah, you know, he, he expects. Yeah, because... Okay, so we ended last week kind of we knew where Henry was. Yeah. And we knew where Jordan was. Jordan was interested in Maddie, but turning it off. 
and not interested in Henry. Henry is clearly interested in Jordan and has expressed as much. Yeah. Um, and then Maddie kind of put a kibosh on Jordan, but didn't clarify whether he had feelings or not. No. And so, but he does this week clarifies that it's there's nothing there and then jordan is being a complete and utter ass so yeah so basically what happens the 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 dominoes start where they have this like that that cute moment where they're like all cuddling on top of each other like like trish and yinran and all them like sort of like fall on top quote unquote fall on top of each other that's like the joke um you know and but then like suddenly like jordan's like upset at maddie about it because he's like it like crossed the line or whatever and then like and talks to henry about it and henry and you know jordan's like i'm just gonna nip it in the butt and then goes right to maddie's bed and like basically like we have to cut it off completely or whatever just very coldly and just like not yeah you know you know not the best so then basically henry's then like talking to trish and stuff like that about like i don't i and he kind of is like i think jordan's basically making it seem like Maddie keeps flirting with him. Right. And he's like, I think it's more 50-50 between them. Like, well, I, and the thing is, is that the way that it seems to me is that Maddie just flirts. That's just who I think he he's is. just a flirty person. And so because Jordan likes him back or likes him, yeah, he can't take the... He's trying to curtail who maddie is in an effort to spare his own feelings right and it's like that's not fair you can't do that to maddie you you can't like tell him he can't be himself because it hurts you too much get over yourself yeah yeah and and you don't and he also doesn't like it where he when he feels like maddie is doing the same to him being like you know i understand your personality jordan but also you can't hurt other people through it or whatever which i think is valid like but i but, i don't there's a difference between well i I'm I, just, I think it's valid on mad by maddie saying that to jordan. yeah yes okay so yeah because there's a difference between maddie just being maddie right. and that maddie being a person and that is not toxic in and of itself he's just a happy-go-lucky person right and then for Jordan to say, well, it's not any different than, you know, me being prickly at you or spiky is what they've been they calling They keep saying it. spiky. Um, spiky at you when I want there to be distance. Okay, but that's a literal toxic trait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you can't, like, they're not the same thing. Like, that's something you need to fix. You need to work on. Right. And so basically what happens, like, is also, like, Trish is kind of also mediating a lot of this. Like, she's having, like, basically these independent conversations. And also the way Trish, like, brought it up in that group conversation, like, passive-aggressively. Yes. Like, was so funny. It was like, so shady. Um, But, like, she's basically telling, you know, Jordan to be more intentional with Henry and sort of, like, how you handle it. Right. And that's what inspires Jordan to basically tell Henry, I think it's just a friend thing. I don't think, you know. Which he does in the middle of Yinrun's party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, 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 not Yinrun's party it's a, it was maybe it was one of the parties it was one of the parties but he literally walks over to henry in the kitchen and goes well we're just friends like we're we're platonic and then like screams across the room to maddie something about it and it's like way to put his ass on blast yeah like that was rude no it, and it, then henry pretty much immediately walks in the other room and like starts crying yeah he's upset about it 
Well, and yeah. So, and then what happened? Well, then it also kicks off because Henry and Maddie didn't have that private conversation in the bathroom, right? I think after that converse, after Jordan did that, yeah, right? He, he says in part, like, I think in some ways Jordan has led me on, to be honest, says this to Maddie. And they sort of both discuss their issues with Jordan. Jordan sees that they're having this conversation. I don't think he even hears what they say, really. No. But he sees that they're having this conversation and it upsets him. And he does not handle it, I feel like, in a healthy way whatsoever. He literally takes Henry's stuff from the bed that is next to him and moves it to Henry's old bed space. Like, very passive-aggressively. I, I don't even, even think that's pa- that's aggressive-aggressive. Well, it's only passive-aggressive when he... I, I only say passive-aggressive in that he doesn't really even say this to Henry. He just, yeah. like... And Henry's, like, fully upset about it. And, like, he's like, I've never had someone, like, do that to me and, like, treat me like that. Like, it's... Yeah, it's cold and and you know and Jordan eventually apologizes, but it just was very like jarring. But it was like, like a full day where he wasn't talking to Henry, and yeah. then two days where he wasn't talking to Maddie. It was just like, what are you doing? Yeah, it's like it, it's, and then like they then they become like friends again, and like they get under the cover, like Henry and Jordan like get under the covers and sort of like do the funny jokey stuff like it used to be. But it's also still like a mind fuck for Henry because it's yeah. like. Well, How do I take that? Like, I what was, the fuck? I was happy with Henry because he he was talking about it in the diary room. It's like, this is not okay. I have to stand up for myself. I have to tell him that this isn't okay. And eventually he does tell Jordan, like, you can't do that to me again. Right. That's not okay. You cannot treat me like that. It, it, it's like, good for Henry. Yeah. Henry is, like, like, far be it for me to actually love this Tory prick. But, like... <laughs> I'm starting to love this Tory prick. I think he said something on like a live feed like a day ago that he wasn't in the conservative parties. I don't know why. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I think maybe he's just posh and like Tory fits with posh more than anything else. Sure. Like it's more of a status in the UK more than it is like, yeah. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I am sure. Like, I feel like my top three right now is Yin Run, Trish and Henry. Yeah. It's, it's, I, those those are my top three. It's kind of surprising. Um, let's go through some of like the missions and stuff like that, that they have that happened this week. Uh, we mentioned a little bit about the, uh, big brother's big button where they button would light up. They would either get a punishment or some prize or stuff like that. And random essentially, um, the, the one, the main interesting one. Well, I like the one where they gave Maddie and Olivia the ability to talk about nominations in private for like, I thought that was cool for like two minutes or whatever. And I love Maddie being like, so we're not, we nominated each other. And Olivia's like, no. <laughs> and, he, and Maddie's like, oh, shit. Because <laughs> like, Maddie, people have joked that like, Maddie will, like, every nomination just go in and be like, okay, so my first nomination's Olivia. I think she's too loud. Well, and it's like clockwork every week. He, and Big Brother's like, I wasn't even sitting down. I wasn't writing down yet. Can it's you not, start that over? Nominations are in, like, 10 more hours. Like... <laughs> Um, and then there was the other thing where Trish had to pick who is the most easily led. And then she was just like, I think Tom. And she said it like, she was just like, I think he feeds off of certain other people. Like another one of her like perfect reads where it's like, yes, that's exactly what's happening. But because of that, he then had to dress in a sheep costume and be, and they had to go, what, what was it that they kept having to call him? A little lost sheep. Little lost sheep. Like they had to address him and he had his little like pen in the garden. I, um, I did love Olivia walking out the back door going, little lost sheep. <laughs> <laughs> and then, it, but it also led to that great, like, sort of like, oh, like, 
foreshadowing moment where Tom, like, like Trish, like tries to explain herself and make up the situation, but Tom is like saying he believe he you know is fine with it while like still hating Trish, obviously. And then Tom goes, "She'll be going Friday anyways. I don't give a fuck." And then she didn't go. <laughs> it was Paul and Dylan. It was such a great like, yeah. Um, we then, oh, oh, Yin Run got a challenge where she had to make three people cry. Or no, she had to cry in front of. She had to cry in front of three people and make someone, make one person cry with her. Yeah. And she actually did really good. What was the story that she was sharing in the confessional about like There was movie? one story about a movie that like. Or like a dog was like waiting for someone by the train station. Yeah. It was like a, a old man had a dog that would take him to the train station and then the old man died and the and the dog kept going back to the train station <laughs> to find him for seven years and she's literally crying in the confessional explaining this be like oh wait i have to save that story i gotta <laughs> it was so good and her why why on earth she would choose jordan to be the one to cry <laughs> well she tried to get him to cry with her and it's like and then he goes are you on a secret mission to get people to cry? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I was like, normally that would invalidate the secret mission. You would fail that for this, but yeah, okay. Um, they do. They also have the ice melting challenge that they did, where they have that like, was a lot. They have a key inside a block of ice and have to melt it enough to then, and the winner gets like a thousand pounds or whatever. Henry doing the everyone going from the top level and Henry like licking from like the side, and you at one point calling it an was it you that called it an, an ice ussy? Ice ussy, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was very um suggestive. Yeah, uh, well, he was eating that ice out. Yeah, it was. The technique was good. <laughs> um, uh, they did the Big Brother Hunger Games. That was sort of one of the, bi the bigger um, challenges mm -hmm. they did where they split them in two and had to do these like sort of different missions and stuff like that. Um, the, one team won. The goal team won where they had to then vote for one of those people to then be immune from eviction. And they all chose Chanel. More on that later. <laughs> and then the blue group had to then nominate one of them for eviction. Uh, and, th and this pissed me off. Okay, so Jordan immediately says, "I'm fine being nominated," you know, etc. Because it's Jordan; he's gonna, you know. Jenkin then is like, "Well, I was gonna come in and basically also like suggest being nominated, etc." Side note: This is on Jenkins' birthday. Yeah, I haven't done it yet. Yinrun also volunteers at one point and cries about like sort of like feel like wanting the like feeling unheard at like or or like feeling like she's ignored in the house and she wanted to go up for eviction to prove that she had a place in the house yeah and because she and she talked about it like from like the even the first week of sort of like with her language barrier and like sort of things like that like right. you feel like dismissed in certain ways and like right you're not no one's engaging in conversation with you right um and she explicitly says that she felt that way with, about jenkin to his face well and has said that before this as well yeah and I also love, so basically they then all have to vote and it's three to two and it's Jenkin and Jenkins like, uh, it's fine. You know, I volunteer. He's really pissed about it, which you, but it's like you volunteered for it. So shut the fuck up. Yeah. And then I love Yinran apologizing to him later in the day, but then also being like, so you know what I brought up in the, about why I did it. Right. We also need to touch on that. <laughs> I love Yinran still stood firm on that of like, you know, like but, this is a problem. You have a chance to solve it. Yeah, it was really it was really fun. 
Um, they had the uh, the security shopping mission, so the, for their shopping task, they um, had this giant like uh, glass box in the living room where they all had to sit in, and then two people would be on security, and then they would have two people's family members on the security cam camera, and they had to eject one of them and allow the other one to come into the house. Right. Where they could communicate. Well, the the loved one could communicate with them, but they had couldn't communicate backwards. They couldn't even right. They had so to all the to them, all the housemates had to sit facing the kitchen. The family member or friend or whatever would come in behind the group, and they could be seen in the mirror. Yeah, but you couldn't look at them directly. If you turned around, everyone failed the challenge. If you spoke to them or tried to communicate to them, it they failed the challenge. The family member could come in for, I think, 60 seconds yeah. and speak, and then they had to leave. Yeah. Jenkins was really sweet with his mother, I thought. Yeah. Like, that was, you know, and and the big one, the, the decision that Trish and Chanel had to make between Yin Run's boyfriend and Maddie's boyfriend, and, like, that Oof. was, like, that was a major one. And, like, Yin Run had talked about, like, you know, I, I didn't, and it was interesting to hear her say this, like, in the lead up to it, because she was, like, nervous about it, because I guess her boyfriend's autistic. And so, like, the, we're, like, we're navigating, like, travel and stuff like that to get to London on his own. And then also in the challenge, not communicating with them, like, like right. not having that direct sort of like, you know, um, but they choose Yin Run because Matt, Trish, Trish and Chanel kind of like not argue over it, but are like pulled over it. But Maddie's boyfriend's via satellite because he's in America. Well, what was frustrating about that is that, so Chanel is in there, and Chanel is arguing that it should be Maddie's boyfriend. Yeah. And Trish is like, no, it's Yinrun's. And Yinrun has um, has confided in Trish about the autism and all of that stuff. Right. And Trish is very careful not to not to mention that. But to say, hey, there's a reason that it needs to be him. And, you know, Maddie's boyfriend is coming in by webcam. And and it's funny. A lot of people online have pointed out um, that Chanel was hard fast on Maddie until it became her decision to make. And then she. Yeah. And it, it seemed like it didn't matter what Trish was going to say. Chanel was going to fight the other way. That way, when she ended up going with what Trish said, then she could say, well, it was Trish. Like, I tried, you know, right. um, and basically wash her hands of it. But when she won the... But Noki didn't speak up during, enough during the killer nominations. Right. right. Okay. Uh-huh. So it, a lot of people were talking about that online, how she tried to wash her hands of it, but then immediately reneged when... When it became her decision and her decision alone. Yeah. And um, so then, and then they touch on that again when after the challenge, um, um, Chanel and Trish take Maddie outside yeah. <laughs> to talk about it. And they, instead of saying, you know, and Chanel says it was your boyfriend and Maddie gets up and like loses it. Well, I like, thought he's absolutely distraught. Oh, it was like it was and, a big cry. And I, but I think Trish mentioned it. If I if I was mistaken, I feel uh, like th that was my bigger issue. Is I felt like Chanel was letting Trish do it. Like she was like, well, okay, it, it might have been, but like nobody mentioned that it was a webcam first, right. which was the deciding reason that they decide. Like because Maddie's boyfriend is in America. 
Like, he wasn't, like, of course he would have been upset if he flew all that way yeah. and didn't get to see him. But you can just Skype him when he gets out. It's yeah. fine. Um, but the the big thing that people pointed out was the second that Maddie got up and, and ran off, Chanel said, I knew sh- we should have picked him. I knew we should have done it that way. It's like, thanks, Chanel. It was like, why are you throwing her under the bus again? Oh, yeah. It is a constant narrative. Yeah. But, and then Trish then eventually telling him that, like, well, like, part of the decision was that he was on webcam and Maddie just going, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's different then. Okay, fine. It's like that, it's like that meme of the the girl crying and then On America's Next Top Model. Yes. (laughs) And then immediately going, oh, and then just. (laughs) so funny. Um, they, uh, uh, oh, there was also the, uh, big brother, big dance challenge where they Uh had to at random moments, like go out into the the yard and dance or whatever. I also love that they did it like in the middle of nominations at one point where they, yeah. And also I want to, can I also rant? I was like one of them being an S club song, which I am pissed by the way that by the like by the end of this weekend, we were planning to go to S club in Chicago. We were literally going to be leaving tomorrow morning. It's like, oh well, the you and you in the UK got your tour, and that's where you, you know, you know, that was so fitting to play it then. But us in America, we have to suffer. Whatever, <laughs> it's fine. I'm not, I'm not bitter. <laughs> it's fine. It's been rescheduled. Yeah, for February. Um. So also to get into the nominations, uh, for this week. So it it starts even before that because we, they basically have to break them to them that Chanel and Olivia broke rules again right where basically they were discussing nominations and like chanel Chanel, basically chanel was essentially like you know i'm not gonna forget what someone did to my friend like clearly talking about trish so clear and her for her later being like she didn't know who i was talking about who are you fucking talking about that also you went on to nominate well no you didn't nominate trish no she did she She could still nominate um so but like She's confused as to why it's a rule break or whatever. Um, Chanel and Trish are basically arguing it. And then she literally is bitching about it the entire rest of the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they, and also Trish then, like, you know, has to take a second to, like, sort of, like, recompose herself after. And Noki comforts her and is like, you know, some people are given grace that they don't give others. And, like, Trish, I thought Trish laid this out exactly correctly where it's like, if this was me in this situation, if I was the one breaking the rule in that regard, talking about like who I would put up, et cetera. And, you know, saying I hold grudges, they would be fucking coming after me. And then if I would speak and I can't even speak up in this moment against Chanel, because then I'm labeled aggressive. Like it's so fucking bullshit. And it's like, ugh, it's ridiculous. Like you're, and also when you're accusing all of us of being game players, yeah, all the fucking time. And also, like, so Olivia uh, can't nominate. And and uh, Chanel loses her immunity. Right. And also, Olivia has to write uh, those, like, sentences, like, 600 times or whatever in the... And her, like, screaming upset about it. It's like, oh, you know, they're... I think at one point, they have to, like, go out to the dance floor for part of the challenge. And Olivia's still in the notes writing. She's like, I, I was standing around when Yin Run was in jail and, and, you know, singing and dancing or whatever. And nobody's checking on me or whatever. It's like, fuck off. To literally to someone who was checking on her. Yeah, it's so stupid. Um, okay, so it's also the nominations were so annoying. Like the actual like you know reasonings. Um, Jenkins mentions that like Trish hasn't comforted him yet when he got nominated. 
okay, when have you ever fucking comforted Trish? Like ever. Um, Tom is Tom nominates Nucky because he feels like she's cozying up to the other side for strategy purposes. Henry does bring up later, like I do feel like she is now talking to us when she didn't for like the weeks prior. And I'm like, that's probably true. But again, I don't think it's for strategy purposes. I think it's because the rest of the house has literally fucking ostracized her. Yeah. And has demeaned her for like weeks now. Yeah. Who, who, if it's not going to be you guys, who else is she going to talk to? The wall. Yeah, I know. I, uh, I, I'm, I think the four would be happy with that. And also, I was also pissed at Chanel. She nominates Yin Run, which the fact that Yin Run is not going to have a perfect record of never being nominated pisses me off. Yeah. Um, and, but her reasoning for nominating Yin Run literally contradicted her reasoning for nominating Trish. She nominates Trish because we were upset when Paul went home because that was our friend and they weren't allowing us to be upset because, you know, we should have been happy that they stayed or whatever. And then as as if them being happy in and of themselves somehow invalidated them being upset. I just also want to point that out. Like, how were they not allowing you to be upset? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't come over to you and force the sides of your mouth up. They into didn't a say smile. stop crying. Like, what are you talking about? But also to then nominate Yinren, because after Jenkin got nominated, she was crying too much about having to do that, and she made it too much about her, and she didn't read the room. So which is it? So are you allowed to have sad emotions about nominations and evictions or not? Or is it just you? Yeah, apparently. Um, Olivia, Chanel, Trish, Noki, and Jenkin are the five that are being nominated this week. Um, Jenkin because of the Hunger Games um, challenge. Um, There's going to be a double. Um, Also, it it was originally supposed to be face-to-face nominations, but then they... Because, yeah, so because of the... Rule breaks. The rule breaks, it actually would have been a benefit for Olivia to not have to do face-to-face nominations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. That makes sense. And then I love when they announce the nominations. That was such a great, like, line from Trish. She sends up and goes, I mean, it doesn't scare me anymore because I think I got more haters in here than I got out there, to be honest. Good on you. It was so, like, perfectly said. Um she and like we talked earlier about how her and jordan are talking in the bedroom like after that trish goes you know to say also like i don't forgive or forget what is that jordan goes is it even chanel's to forgive like no it's not (laughs) and then trish goes who do you think you are did god take a break or something (laughs) (laughs) so perfect and then olivia ranting about i'm not going to be painted as someone that i'm not and i refuse to walk out to that same reaction that paul got don't say that because that is really going to telegraph that. Like to say to say I'm not going to get booed. You're going to get booed then. That's also if you weren't going to get booed before, you are now. Also, you don't have a choice. If you're walking out and they boo you, you don't get to not walk out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, suck it up, Buttercup. <laughs> I, it's uh, yeah. And then sh- and the episode ends with Chanel in the bed crying that she feels alone in a room full of people. I'm like, okay, so literally Noki. All right. <laughs> like, 
I can't feel bad for you, to be honest. Yeah. Um, that was Big Brother for the week. Uh, like I mentioned, uh, those five being nominated. I'm really hoping... I'm hoping it having three from that one side and then Trish and Noki, I hope, doesn't split it to where Trish and Noki then can go home. Yeah, I've seen people trying to organize online to make sure that they are... Um, because people feel like Chanel is a given. I think so. And they're, they're trying to make sure they're waiting until elimination night to really see how things continue to pan out and throw all of the other votes on either, um, Jenkin or Olivia, depending on who's more egregious. I think it should be Olivia. Probably. Cause I feel like, I feel like Jenkin is the is the person who could be convinced to not be a dick. Yeah, probably. But I feel like Tom is a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if they can yeet him over the wall, that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be really great. Yeah, Tom. And entertaining. Like, just, that'd be great. All right, let's get into tops and bottoms. We got uh, Hoville. We got... Uh, Married to Medicine, uh, which could also be called Hoville. And then <laughs> Wow. <laughs> uh, okay then. <laughs> look, I love them hoes. This is my favorite hose. <laughs> it's my favorite hose on TV. Um and BBUK. Which has some trifling hose on it. It does have some trifling hose. Um my top for the week, I'm gonna give it to one of the one of the hoes um, over on uh, uh, Married to Medicine. I'm going to give it to Heavenly. I said it in the episode. Like I'm one of the best people on television, and not best people. One of the best characters on television. That's a difference. <laughs> there is a difference. Um, just funny from the get, and just sustained. I can hear her talk for days. I can hear her talk shit for days. Um, we hadn't talked about it, but when there was like names throwing out, being thrown out about like possible people filming that season two of The Traitors, and Heavenly's name was on that, which is, sadly is not the case. I was like, yes, please. Yes, yes please. please. That yeah. needs to be a thing. It it would be so good. You would get all the ratings. Um, she's just funny as fuck and such a good such a good character. And and it made me so happy that just Married to Medicine's back in general. So yeah, yeah really great stuff. Um, my bottom's over on BB UK, and that's gonna go to Tom, who I just like I said, didn't think much of. You kind of pegged him before I did. I did what? <laughs> Not like that. Um, but no, like he, I thought it was batshit crazy how he was acting in that house. Yeah. Like it, it was like, he really thought that Paul was like some like deity that like, you know, yeah, he was like a cult leader or something. Like he reminds me of Randall from recess. The uh, little rat face snitch kid. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely gives that vibe. And yeah, the, the treatment is just like, not, and he, he feels like he's, you know, he's also too, not to say that someone of a certain age, but like, he's also way too young to be so domineering over certain people in moments, yeah. like particularly Trish. It's like Trish has more experience like in life than you for you to be talking to her like that. Like there's no, yeah, learn to grow some facial hair first. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's my bottom. Tom was not my favorite. Um, what about you, babe? What are your tops and bottoms for the week? I'm going to start with my bottom and that's going to be Jenkins. Okay. He's He's really disappointed me. Like, I have had high hopes for him at the beginning of the season, or the series, rather. It's a British show. Um, I am just really disappointed that he has fallen into this trap with these other these other three. Yeah. 
Um, I think it is probably because um, I see a lot of myself in him, but some of that also is if you have spent a lot of your life dealing or being on the back end of that bullying sort of behavior Mm -hmm. and being the target of that, when you then get accepted by those sorts of people, you don't let that go. Right. And I think that's what's happened with Jenkin. And that's, a good, that's a good uh, astute assessment, I think. It's it's just disappointing because I wanted him to be a, a better character than that. Yeah. I wanted him to have more integrity than that. Um, uh, and it's just, it's just sad. Um, so it, it's more disappointing than anything else. Like I kind of expected this sort of behavior out of Olivia and Tom and Chanel to a lesser degree, but like I didn't expect it out of Jenkin. It really doesn't fit the stereotype of like his character on these shows. I will say. Yeah. Yeah. It really doesn't. So it just, it kind of was sad. Um, my top for the week is going to be Phaedra. Because she walked in to married to medicine and didn't feel like this was her first season. Yeah. Because she's known these ladies for so long. Right. She walked into this group already belonging. Like, it wasn't a rookie season. This is like her fifth season with these girls, right? Right. Uh, that's what it felt like. Um, so it just, she walked in and the only new girl on this season is Sweet Tea. It's not Phaedra. Because yeah. Phaedra's on the couch questioning her with everybody else. That's a good point. She didn't really get the scrutiny you would think for like Phaedra's like big return to like reality television. Right. She's just walks in and is immediately one of the girls. And it's, it's lovely to see because I've been wanting her back on our screens for so long, even though I understand why she's not on Atlanta anymore. And I am with candy and putting her foot down and saying she can't come back if I'm here. Um, so I get that, but I did miss Phaedra, um, and I'm glad that we get her back on our screens, um, and I can't wait for all the shade and the shenanigans that she is going to bring us this season. Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode of A Gay and His Envy. Join us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes, and be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening, and check us out on our social media at A Gay and His Envy on all the platforms. A special shout out to Shane Ivers, who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And And we're we're out. out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.